Utah Podcast, coming at you live from my podcast studio in my house. <laughs> um, I don't think we're live. Ugly Baboon Studios, we're live right now. You can't tell me I'm not live. I'm here. I'm living. I'm breathing. I can see Did you. anybody know that that's what the studio was called? I don't know. They do now. It's Ugly Baboon Studios. We named it after our kids. Ugly Baboons. Well, no, that's what they call each other. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Chris. Um, that is my sultry voice that you hear on the microphone. Um, the other half uh, that doesn't think our daughters are ugly baboons is uh, Bree. Dude, did you just say you really think that they're ugly baboons? I mean, that's what they call each other, so... They also call each other bitch. Oh, of course, true. one of them <laughs> is a bitch. Ugly Bitch Studios, is that... No, ugly baboon. Okay. Uh, and then there's Jeremy. Howdy, folks. Kind of kind of chuckling into the mic as per normal. And lastly, That's because he has two daughters that are the same age. The very quiet Jess. Hello. She was busy writing things for things from our guest. Um, so we have a, a, a great guest today. We're going to talk a lot about the Salt Lake Farmer's Market with Allison. Uh, you may remember her from such episodes as a year ago, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then another episode like a couple months after that where we talked to her and a bunch of people at the market. We're huge supporters of the Salt Lake Farmer's Market. After all, we're all about local Utah things and, and the stuff that makes Utah amazing. And the Salt Lake Farmer's Market is one of, uh, of such amazing. things. Um, but it is episode 156, and we are doing nothing super special. <laughs> I just realized <laughs> what episode it was. Well, I was going to bring gifts, but the place was closed, so you'll have to wait till next No week. crystal on leather, so no crystal ball gag for my BDSM collection. <laughs> very disappointed. <laughs> Um, so that, that actually means we've been doing this for three years. Um, three years. Not, and the way I know that is we have not yet missed a week of, of show. Uh, we have never repeated a show. We've never done a best of because I'm too lazy. Uh, three years of uh, my my how things have changed. There are different people in the room. There, There's uh, a different room. There's a very this is the different third room. room. Uh, there's not one giant microphone with an echoey hardwood floor <laughs> and, and loud dogs. Most of the time, not loud dogs as I look at Chopper down on the floor. Um, but yeah, this has been a, it's been a fun three years, guys. I agree. We've done a lot. We've met a lot of cool people. We've been to a lot of cool places. A lot of people... We never would have met otherwise. A lot of things we've done that we wouldn't have done otherwise. I think it's been amazing. I think it's been really cool. To be fair, I'm pretty sure Jess would have met most of those people otherwise. Because she already all, had And done all of those things. She's kind of a stalker. Is that a fair assessment? Jess is not saying anything. She is on, like, she's, she's on a, a mission to not interact in the beginning of the show. Am I, though? I don't know. I don't have anything to say. You're, <laughs> you're like nodding yes. People can't see you I'm nod. I'm not nodding at anything. <laughs> you were when we said something about you being a stalker. You just. No, I, did, I didn't actually. I'm, oh. You were imagining Were you that. falling asleep and your head was just bobbing? No. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, three years. That's, uh, I feel that has a really negative connotation to it. So I would say no. What? You bobbing or that you're a stalker? Being a stalker. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I would say no. That is a negative connotation. You have stalker-like tendencies. <laughs> it's not. That doesn't sound. Any I mean, bad. I cannot She's get not. guests for the show. I'm. It can just be us. No, no, that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> you do a fantastic job at getting guests, and she. I say she's a stalker, but she just 
you know, she's, she likes to talk to people in the community and, uh, she is not afraid to say hi to anyone. Um, and when she finds something that she likes, she follows them religiously. Um, you know, but, uh, she's not like, she doesn't hang outside their bedroom window. <laughs> and stare in. I think that's why that night. makes her not a stalker. I know. That's the line. That's where the difference is. Yeah. Because like, she doesn't go outside their house when they don't know that she's but there. But she looks at their Facebook page or their Instagram. That's a public thing. Here's the thing. That, I feel that when you're passionate about something, that you should tell other people about it, that you should share okay. it. However, you should also share that excitement with other people. But that doesn't always happen with me. So I just kind of do it on my own. So maybe it is stalkerish. So I, mean, I, I don't think so unless you're hanging outside their house and they don't know now if you go over to their house and they know that you're there that's cool i definitely have not been to anyone's house so. there you go just a stalker <laughs> <laughs> that's going in the notes i might make that the title <laughs> we have a we have another contender but the other one's really long so you guys will maybe hear that later um so yeah um what, let's just say there's I haven't talked about soccer for a minute. This is the first time. I haven't looked at the, I've been so, yesterday, okay, I gotta tell you, I've been so busy at work. Um, yesterday I went in at a quarter to seven. Uh, I looked up and it was 4.30 and I was like, fuck, I need to go home. And then I'm like, I didn't even like take my lunch bag out of my backpack, like out of my fucking briefcase backpack thing. I'm like, I've literally just worked the whole time without really looking up. It was pretty fucking crazy. Today wasn't much better, but but today uh, Jess uh, linked me because she's a stalker and follows people on Facebook <laughs> that post where they're going to be on Facebook. It's weird, like this whole business model of like food trucks. Um, Jess, Jess uh, commented last night. Was it last night? But you sent that. I don't know. I don't look at Facebook very often, but I, I did notice that someone tagged me in a post and it was Jess and it was for um, Rocklet. And so Jess and I got together for lunch today. Uh, I was able to step away because it was right across the street from my office. I didn't realize how close it was. So I drove. And then as I drove, I'm like, oh, wait, uh, I, it was like less than a three minute walk. Like, what the fuck did I drive for? <laughs> I really thought it was further away. Um, so we got to have Rocklet. And, uh, Zara, uh, was like, she's like, Oh, hey, Chris, how you doing? Like, I'm like, how the fuck do you remember me? I know you were on our show, but like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not Jess level of obsessed, meaning Jess eats a Rocklet all the time. I, I mean, all the time it's been is a long time. But, like, at the market and stuff, she gets raclette frequently, um, especially, like, when they have their French onion soup in the winter market. Um, but she, ta- she talks to them all the time, but I, I don't. That's not me. I've talked to them a few times, but she totally remembered. She gave me shit about not liking pickles again. Um, <laughs> but Abby, Abby, that sneaky devil, she was hiding in the truck the whole damn time. She knew I was there. She knew Jess was there, but she was like hiding and didn't say hi until I saw her. And then I'm like, you don't even say hi. And she was just her like shy little coy self. She's adorable. Those guys are great. And then I I told a bunch of people at my office they need to go get Rocklet for lunch. Is that a normal stop for them or that's just a one time? They just started making it down to the south of the valley about month ago maybe yeah really really cool it was literally across the street from my office um so that was it was kind of nice like i mean literally like a block like i had to go over a creek but there's a road with the sidewalk so you're rambling i'm sorry 
<laughs> so thanks for that, Jess. Um, but I have not talked. Sure. To, I have not talked about soccer in a she minute. She took me on a date too. Oh yeah, Jess. Is so she took you on a date, and she took me on a date. We went and saw the Cold Podcast at the Eccles. How'd that go? It was so cool. Did you think it was so cool? Mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool. So we met each other there, and that was awesome. So what did they do? Did they reenact part of it? Did they just kind of give an old? Yeah. So what happened was, um, Dave. He uh, he picked up a power drill, and then there was this other person like down on the ground. You need to stop talking and- now. <laughs> no, he just he he played some some things from the the podcast. He played some things that weren't on the podcast. Um, Ellis Maxwell, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Ellis Maxwell, the detective, was there, and he had the um, the main person. I can't think of her title for the. Uh, advocates what do they call the 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 Utah domestic violence thank you so she was there and talked to talked to her for a little while he took some questions um that you could write down or tweet they actually had the domestic violence people there if anybody wanted to talk to them um anyway it was just it was just interesting he showed a bunch of pictures up on a screen. Did they like do an overview of the case or not so much? Very brief. Yeah. I mean, there was a little, little timelines and stuff. It was mostly just um, some highlights of some things and I don't know. Anyway, I just thought it was cool. It was, it was, it was a neat place to have it. I'd never been to that close before. So that was kind of cool. It was a nice night out. It was a nice unexpected night out in the middle of sort of middle to Little to the end of my How week. long was it? Like an hour, hour and a half? Like two hours. Yeah. Two hours? There was a little intermission. So. Was it a full house? No, this, we went to the, like. The, the dress, the, the dress the, rehearsal. Because they did the two. Because the. Right. The other one was definitely packed. Because it sold out, like, super fast. So they're like, oh, let's invite people to the dress rehearsal thing. So. But it didn't feel very dress rehearsal-y. Mm-mm. He did a great job. No. I think I think if anything, the panel they did at Fanex was more dress rehearsal than that. It was that was a fun panel though too. Dave Colley is a nice guy. He's it's funny that he's a reporter and and so kind of shy. But I guess that's probably what makes him a good reporter is he doesn't like to be part of the story, which yeah, a lot of reporters tend to do these days. I wouldn't call him shy. I would call him reserved. Because I don't think he's shy. I just don't think he's... He doesn't want to provide an opinion when you talk to him because he wants to be as unbiased as possible. Right. And that doesn't exist in journalism very often That's the hard days. part there, yeah. So I have a lot of respect for him. Talking to him on and off mic, it's not really much different. Like, he'll, he, he will tell you, you know, off mic, like, yeah, look, this... It's hard for me not to believe these things based on this stuff, but I can't... He did express some of that in the show. He was a little more sarcastic about, you know... Um, but he still didn't just like, well, I don't know. he did thing, a good job. The other thing to keep in mind is like, he's still talking about real people. Like Susan Powell still has a family. Her family was at the eight o'clock show. Yeah. And, and like Josh Powell still has like one family member alive. Two. His sister. Two. His, mom, his sister. It? He actually has three then. No, he has a brother that is as well. Um, oh, I thought. One of his brothers. I didn't know he had more. He has a brother that's mentally disabled. But, oh, I didn't know that. But so, I mean, there's still real people alive, real people involved. Like, it's not like that's it's not like, you know, he's talk, talking about Bush Cassidy, who has no living relatives um, that remember anything about him at this point. Like, so 
there is some of that I think too, but that's really cool. I'm glad you guys had a, had a good time. Um, and I've not talked a lot about soccer for a minute because we've kind of sucked ass for a minute. Um, we had a good game last weekend, uh, against Toronto. Um, but no one showed up. So it was rainy. Oh, I don't know. Babies. It didn't rain at all during the game. It was actually perfect soccer weather. It was um, a good Saturday. It was perfect for soccer because it just didn't rain the whole time we were there. It rained a little bit earlier. It was it was moderate temperature, a little bit chilly, but that's that soccer players would prefer to play in that temperature as opposed to the scorching heat. Yeah, like that, like sixty degrees or one hundred and twenty, sixty every time. <laughs> like, um, and they don't even mind the rain usually, um, but n- it's it's interesting because the team's not been doing fantastic. Like, the stadium was maybe half full, and everyone was, like, 30 minutes late to get into the game. It was an odd time. It was 1 in the afternoon on a Saturday, which a big chunk of the soccer crowd also have a lot of kids that play soccer. That's part of why there's a professional team here. Guess when kids play soccer? Saturday afternoons from, like, 11 to about 5. So uh, it is hard to bring people into the stadium. there. And they're wrapping up their seasons and stuff at school and whatnot comes to an end. So, But still... Not a lot of people, which was any time that that happens, it's really disappointing to me, especially when the team does such a good job. Um, but yes, yeah, we so actually I, stayed for the flag planting thingy ceremony thing or my bobber. So I, uh, I haven't talked about it much because, you know, I think you should go. Um, but I can only say that so many times. I'm a huge avid soccer fan, but this is a podcast about Utah more than just soccer. So there are RSL podcasts out there. If you want to listen to them, you can shoot me a message. I'll tell you what they are. But they're Utah, and you're on this podcast, and you like it. So, And that's why I talk about them sometimes. <laughs> but only when they're doing good, because otherwise he's depressed. <laughs> I just probably get too angry and too ranty for a Utah show, and they're like, what the fuck's all this soccer talk? It's too much. Je- wow, Jeremy has two stories on here. Jeremy, what the fuck? I thought Ebo was done. Okay, so so this is yesterday. We're mowing my parents' yard like we always do on Mondays. Maya's at home getting ready for work. She calls, but we're we're busy, so we don't get the call until we're heading back. And we get this message, and she's screaming and irate, and Ebo killed another chicken. So we I, we get home. Sure enough, back behind the chicken coop, he didn't just kill this chicken. He mutilated it. This is like a scene from the he movie like Saw. It. He tried to eat it, right? Oh, he chewed its back off. I mean, it was- How did he get the chicken? I don't know. That's what we don't know. Because with all of the upgrades I've made to the chicken coop, you've made it way more secure. They can't get out, so I don't. I don't. I ha- the only thing I can guess is the chicken must have gotten out like a couple of days ago. And has been wandering around and has been hiding out back behind the chicken coop where you can't see. And it. then Ebo was like, "Hey, I found you." I guess. Yeah. Well, so ever since the peach pit incident two years ago, yeah, he's been way tame. He hasn't messed with the chickens. The chickens have been out before, but usually they're in a group. I say so he must have just found the one, and my guess is. He wandered around and it startled him or something, and he pounced on it. I don't know, but he's like, "Oh, I remember eating you, motherfucker!" I can't picture Ebo pouncing. I know that's the thing. He's <laughs> the thing is, is he just has to kind of lean up against it and it'll fall over because he's, he's fat so and fat. old. Anyway, yeah, so. but not Rocky, just Ebo. No, huh? Yeah, no Rocky. Nope, he's never Rocky's never. That's good because we got to keep Rocky out of the chicken killing business. Yeah, Ebo's only got a few years left if we can just keep him away. Anyway, I just. I was frustrated. Of course, Maya's crying and upset because... It's not the first time she's seen him kill a damn chicken. No, no, but she... How did she know? 
If it's behind the What tent. chicken was it? What was its name? It was one of the white ones. I don't know. They don't name them. Oh, they do. Oh, oh they, they do? Oh, they all they have names. Name them. <laughs> I don't Why know. Why do you think they had a Mr. Fluffy Pants? But it was one of our, it was one of the newer ones. It was oh, one of the younger oh, ones that we, got, that we just got last summer. So. That's why it got out, because it was stupid. It didn't know it was safe. It's like, oh, there's a, what's this dog thing? So, yeah. So then on happy news, the queen is out. The queen bee is out. So we checked. So we put him in, we put her in last Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago on Saturday. And then I had checked before the podcast last week, but she wasn't out yet. But then I checked Wednesday, so the day after last week's podcast. And she was out, but they had completely... Yeah, they didn't fuck around with that. Yeah, they'd completely... So do you just cut... You just have to cut that honeycomb and eat it? No, what I do is I just cut it and just throw it onto the ground. They recycle it. Yeah. And they'll pull all the honey out of it. And then I just toss the comb. Why don't you use that, that wax for anything? I did, we did candles one year, but it's a lot of work. And when you melt it down, they're surprisingly little. Well, no. Yeah, I totally get that. So it takes a lot. Just a lot of effort. We have. We did candles. Have you ever made candles that you like do the, the earwax? Like you pour them in your ear and then you pull the stuff out of your ear with the candle wax? We have done those, but we didn't make candles out of it. Oh. The, the earwax, or what do they call them? Ear candles? Yeah, ear candles. Those, really? Before. Yeah, they actually work. They're weird. Have you ever heard of that, Jess? Jess is looking like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I know all about that. Ear yeah. candles? Do you do ear candles? No. <laughs> kind of hard to do on yourself. Yeah, I'm away. just me. <laughs> no, you're so, not. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you got roommates? Uh, that I don't ever see. So yeah, they, I they bet if totally... you asked Ron, he would totally do it for you. <laughs> you're so obsessed. They totally en- encased the little box she was in and, and completely linked the two combs in between it together. So I had to cut it all out, cut the box out, and then what I did is I took one of the combs next to it and swapped, swapped them it so, so they, they wouldn't build, them build it back together again. See, I just take my bee knife and just, just, cut, just out, cut it out, and then they'll patch it, they'll fix By it. By the way, for those of you that are wondering, the bee knife is not a special knife. It's a shitty knife that Jeremy just uses on his beehive. <laughs> no, it's actually a really, it's, it's a bee knife. My yellow one, it's actually a combination between a pry bar and a... But is it an actual like yeah, bee knife that I actually got from a from the when I got my bee gloves and yeah it's an actual bee knife. Okay. Because I just remember when we were cutting like the the comb. Oh no, like, that's just a kitchen. Those knife. were just shitty knives. That's what I thought you were talking about. No, 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 no. no. That, that, that yellow tool that I have when we pry into the oh, okay. that thing. Yeah. No, that's the real thing. Okay. Because I'm like when we did the when we did the harvest, he's like no, that's just, just like knife. shitty kitchen <laughs> knives, like fucking Walmart brand. Yeah kitchen <laughs> yeah that was that was okay okay oh man so hey jess um do we have some events coming up it's uh labor day weekend and we talked a it's lot not about labor day weekend memorial it's whatever i get all mixed does anyone <laughs> else september okay does anyone decoration else get day weekend up? decoration day yeah that's what it's called for what memorial day what do you de- what do you decorate graves, graves? in oh. memoriam oh i see i'm not a grave person like i just like, I will never, like, people around me die, I'll never go visit a grave. Like, it just, I don't understand that. It's not my... So, I only have a couple of events. This weekend, there are still spots available for Oleo's dry brushing class. It's only nice. $15 for the 25th. Also, the 25th is the Front Row Film Roast. They are doing the Tobey Maguire really uh, Spider-Man. I was, really wish I was here for that. 
also coming up, but it's kind of next week, but it's still, you should get your tickets, is the Downtown Farmers Market Fundraiser, which we'll talk about with our guests. May 30th. May 30th. It's $50 for one ticket. It's $90 for two tickets. The money goes to good things, and you get to try the vendor stuff ahead of the market. And Water Pocket is always delicious. And then next week is... I. I tried to get a couple of things, but basically next weekend is Pride weekend. So that is a lot of events that's going around Salt Lake City. Did you, did you see Ogden's own uh, doing the Five Husbands vodka? They are. Did yes, you see the I pictures? Did. That's cool. Yes. Yeah, so there, that's a special bottling. Um, it's This is this year's 50 Years of Stonewall. And if you don't know about Stonewall, you should Google it. Um, took place in it, the Stonewall riots took place in New York City. And so this year they are honoring that in the celebration. And um, something cool, I actually, I'm going to backtrack a little bit this weekend. And I know it's not Utah related, but it's really neat that it's coming to Utah. There is a massive semi that will be parked at the West Valley Centennial Park. Uh, over the weekend and they have a mobile 9-11 exhibit um, wow. stories of uh, people um, firefighters they have one of the beams in there and so it's free um, I'm sure that they take donations just so they can make sure that this is uh, traveling still uh, but if you haven't experienced that um, if you haven't been back to New York to the museums I definitely suggest it um, it's very sad, but it's really cool that it's coming. So I believe it arrives on Thursday. What's Thursday? Uh, this Thursday or next yes, Thursday? Yes, this Thursday. The Sorry, 20, my calendar's in August. The 23rd? 21st? 20th. Yes, and Today, I believe that it's here till Today's the, the 21st. I Jeremy. like how it the, says March and Jeremy's trying to read the calendar. Jeremy, you slacked off on your job. You should go over that there was, and fix That the was calendar. actually your job. Oh, that is. Hold on a second. Okay, so, Jeremy, Jeremy's going to go fix <laughs> so the calendar. So I believe it's here till the 29th or 30th. So if you get a chance, um, I'll put a link to that. And then I wanted to give a reminder that Ogden Uncon is coming up uh, the second week in June. And I was talking to Russ a couple weeks ago up at the Transcontinental Railroad Celebration. And he said that there are a couple really cool things that are happening, um, like they're doing a concert, which is uh, they're playing themes of fandom. They're having the Ogden Chamber Orchestra. They're having Amped Arts, and they will be playing themes like Star Wars, Star Trek, Spider-Man, Indiana Jones. Also, they have two guests that have ever that have never appeared at a con together, and they are from the TV show Black Sails, which was on Stars, and that's really cool. It's also two of I don't know who Captain Vane and Captain Flint are, but it's their first convention reunion ever. So it that's from, cool. Captain Flint sounds familiar, but I don't know why. And then Sophia, who is the robot, is making her first appearance at a con. VIP tickets oh, are cool. gone. Um, but they still have just the regular like day tickets and uh, weekend tickets. So it's they have so much going on. It's really actually very impressive. So make sure to get your tickets for that. That calendar threw me off because it said March and it's May, and I realized that. But I look over and it's got an M, so I'm like, so so. How is that? Can I get a report on the calendar situation, Jeremy? Since that's your one job, I have not done my job in two months. Cause I know. <laughs> 
Well, he went over there to do it, I think, for April, and we had a guest here, and the guest was there, and he's like, oh, I'll do it later, and, and then never he never did. did it again. So a month later, and he's it's almost the end of March. You're going to have, like, May. next week, you're going to... May. Gonna, May. It's, it said yeah, March. That's, that's what, what I mean. thrown. You're going to have to, like, change it next week, basically. Yeah, after next week's show, I'll have to change it. I'll, I'll, I'll be all messed up again. Sorry, Jess. We didn't mean to interrupt your <laughs> events by Jeremy. No, apparently that's drug. what people like. So <laughs> maybe is it, have you gotten feedback on that from people? Like, we love it when Jess gets interrupted constantly. <laughs> I by actually Chris. did. I can play you that message if you would Do like. people actually like it? Is that not yeah. a joke? No, I'm not joking. It wasn't from Peter, right? Because it was, actually. I'll see you again. <laughs> He's a legitimate listener. He counts. I, I, he is. He listens pretty religiously on his lawnmower. Um, also, I got to say, I really enjoy following Peter on Twitter. <laughs> he sends some fun stuff. Uh, and he also has always like pictures of the most fucking amazing landscaping things. I know. We Not can't ever have him over to our house because he would just be so disappointed. So, um, <laughs> you guys want to talk about drugs for a little bit? Let's talk about drugs. Because we've got a few stories about drugs. I'll rant next week. What? Rant? Do you have a rant? I do, but since we're no, no, no. What's, time ra- uh-uh. What's the rant Because the, the drug thing can actually yeah, wait. Yeah, the drug drugs thing can, can wait. wait. It's not time sensitive. What's the rant? So, this morning, I always check the, like, my Facebook feed bef- when I wake up in the morning. And somebody had posted. You know when I check mine? Never. When I'm shitting um, on the toilet. Stop interrupting her. Never. Sorry. So somebody had posted this. It looked like it had been like copy and pasted uh, about how somebody was kidnapped from Fashion Place Mall this last weekend and put into sex slavery. And then they got away. And it was just like it seemed really like I feel like if this really happened, there would be something in the news about it. And I'm pretty like in tune with all of the news stations. <laughs> and so later in the day, the, a news station actually posted, this is bullshit, but without using that word. <laughs> and and I just got really angry because people do not check things before posting. And uh, just a couple examples, a friend constantly posts when you know kids are missing which is fantastic without ever actually clicking on it and the other day they posted this kid was found in march (laughs) i'm I'm just gonna throw this out there oh i'm so sad that annette funicello died i'm like she died seven years ago really (laughs) i mean it's sad i'm sad she's gone but if this I'm is being old fair, news. I do not click links that people put in Facebook 99% of the time because they are fucking full of shit that I don't want on my computer. But I also don't get my news from Facebook. Well, no, my point is, is like, read the article, like open it before you post it. If it seems a little bit hokey, like do a little bit of research first before posting it because it just makes you look like an ass, especially like deaths and stuff. What the hell? I do. Or missing kids. All of these kids have been found. (laughs) (laughs) They were found like three years ago. No, like really, like I am not exaggerating. The kid was found on the border in March. Wow. Anyways, that's just my rant. Like, just don't, read something. Don't get your fucking news from Facebook. It's that simple. It's it's amazing to me how many people actually 
only get their news from Facebook. They're like, yeah, I don't watch the news. Or it's click stupid. on the article and read it first and then share no, it. No, 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 Because these fucking people will believe the article. There's a fucking article on The Onion and they're like, oh, this is news. If they didn't know it was The Onion, they would think it was fucking real. If they, if it well, didn't some people don't realize onion. that The Onion isn't real. And so, and no one checks out like Snopes to find out if it's a fucking Oh, I'm a Snopes story. reader. I'm like, no, dad, don't post this ever again. My mom will sometimes send me things because I've gotten I'm the ass so friend times. that has to be like, I'm sorry, this person died like two years ago so this is what's this is what's crazy to me when congress has mark zuckerberg on capitol hill testifying and they're asking him fucking dumb ass questions and they have which no, they all were because none of them actually know what this platform is and what it actually represents and and the like the shit he's doing with instagram and how monopolistic all this thing because they're not fuck they don't know what they're talking about they didn't bring in people that know what they're talking about and so they don't know the right questions to ask to understand what he actually does so are these like, people at least old it sounds like Utah they're politicians. They're, they're no, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Jess. Were these people at least like old and like uninformed? Or? No, they're no. like our age. They're not old. They are uninformed. Because I kind of give my also, mom the a other day because she's 70. My cousin, she's a super activist. My cousin-in-law, super activist. She's amazing. And her and I are doing this really cool event this weekend with Kat Palmer. <gasps> and so she posted the other day something about how the ice caps are uh, melting at this incredible rate. And my aunt hops on and was like, well, my cousin was just there and said they're actually growing. And my cousin immediately posts two articles from NASA and was like, wrong. And my aunt was like, oh, thanks. So, well, it's like, it's no different than my my dad, right? My dad's wife. So, they were birthers. My fucking dad and his wife are insane. They were Obama birthers. They still to this day believe that he was not born in the U.S. So at one point, because she was sending me all this bullshit that I was tired of fucking seeing in my email, I said to her, what sounds more plausible? That a guy was born in Kenya, raised as a sleeper agent in the U.S., managed to get elected to Congress, then elected as president and is suddenly now going to be activated as said sleeper agent and create all sorts of problems. Or the state of Hawaii fucked up his birth certificate. <laughs> well, you just don't know what people are capable of. I'm out. That's why I can't talk to you because you're not like that level of fucking crazy truly exists. But what you're talking about is people are just naive. They don't want to watch the news because they're like, oh, the news is all bad. But they look at Facebook or they look at Twitter and they don't validate the shit that they look at. And that's what's crazy because they actually that's why the Russians were able to so successfully interfere in our elections. They create fake Facebook accounts that post inflammatory shit and the things that really are fucked up with Facebook. See this your rant turned into my rant now. So the things that's really fucked up. I was so mad today. You you know I, I can never, see it in your face. I never, that's more, but I never ever post stuff like that on Facebook today. And I was like, I'm done. Like, read your shit. Stop posting fake news because you're just making yourself look like a freaking ass. Well, it's not even that, but it's to the other naive people who then they reposted and then they reposted. Oh, this kid is still people, missing, but people, he was really found a year ago. People don't understand. Facebook has fucking algorithms that are designed, literally designed to put inflammatory shit that you don't like in your fucking feed so you click on it. Here's the thing, though. Hashtag common sense. <laughs> like, seriously, like, you, you're you so blind that you're like, oh, this sounds, gr- this sounds great. Sex trafficking at Fashion Place Mall. 
I'm just gonna pass this around without like seeing if this Don't was even real. Look at this fucking story. Like, it's... like no, it's pure common sense. Like, I which. But they don't know because they don't watch the news. They don't pay attention. Well, to they're news. lazy they don't and they don't take a second to Google. Hey, did this happen? Because is, guess what? It's going to show up in the top news stories. Which is why even people that I feel like are relatively well educated and informed, when they come to me and they start talking to me about things that are going on in this country and they start saying things like collusion. <laughs> I hate that. Word. I hear that fucking word, and what all I, what that word signals to me is. You don't actually know what's going on. <laughs> All you know is whatever fucking bullet point you read or you heard from that jackass that's in the White House or from Fox News, who's his fucking source of information, because that's where that word comes from. That Those buzzwords are a real thing. And there are a lot of people that only ever get those top end topics. So, I was, you know, having conversations with friends. That, OK, this isn't totally about Utah, but it's it's important <laughs> to talk about what's going on right now in Washington with with the Mueller investigation, the report, William Barr being on the Hill, William Barr refusing to show up for Congress for a congressional hearing and getting um, uh, getting held in contempt of Congress, the president's tax records. All of these actions are and the president, the president exerting executive privilege. These are all. Actions that will have incredibly long lasting effects on our fucking democracy in this country and on our constitution and on the checks and balances between the branches of government. I don't give a flying fuck if Trump is impeached or not. That doesn't mean a goddamn thing in the big, big scheme of things. He's got a year and a half. Maybe he fucking gets elected. That'll happen. That'll come and go. That's eight short years at the worst, right? What's really impactful is the amount of power that the executive branch will get if things like this are allowed to continue. So when a federal judge says, yeah, no, Congress is totally fucking allowed to investigate the president because they're able to impeach his ass. So they, sh they have to be able to investigate him. They have to be able to get things like financial records so they can have proper investigations. They need the Mueller report unredacted because they have the right to those fucking things because they're the only body in the country that has the ability to fucking do something about the president. But all these different steps that are taking these different power plays the the real heart of it isn't whether or not fucking Trump did something wrong and can be impeached. It's not an assassination on his character. I mean, it's an attempt. That's the veil. But there's much bigger things going on. The other example I have is abortion, right? The shit that's going on in this country, Utah being one of the states that has passed ridiculous fucking crazy abortion laws that even the people that wrote them said this is counterintuitive to what the courts have said for 50 fucking years since Roe v. Wade. But they're all doing it. States like Alabama are creating these anti-abortion laws because their intent is to challenge Roe v. Wade because they think that now that the Supreme Court has a conservative majority and that dipshits like Brett Kavanaugh are on the fucking court that they have a chance to re overturn part or all of Roe v. Wade. And that's a real thing. That is absolutely a real possibility. And so it's very interesting how this shit's going to play out because that's, that's how things change in this country is these kind of actions. So that's why, that's why all this stuff's happening. People need to pay attention to that. And unfortunately they don't. They they just don't. They're just stupid. They fucking look at Facebook and they go, oh, there was a fucking person abducted and sold into sex slavery at Fashion Place and they found her down in fucking Bountiful fucking some old dude for money. I don't know. Oh, no, she got away. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, because he was only, he was 65. He couldn't catch up to her. But to tie that back locally, the, the 
the thing that Jess mentioned, Kat Palmer's done three other times. This is the fourth. Do you know? I think so. I she's remember. done it. She's done it several other times, but it, it all has to do with, with women's rights to say what happens with their bodies. Um, and I don't usually repost much on Facebook, but, um, I've reposted a couple of things about this abortion crap that's going on. Um, my former sister-in-law actually posted something that I was a little bit surprised about because, um, she, she had a rough pregnancy and just other posts that she's done. I, I kind of assumed that she would be pro-life. Um, but she's not. And, and that was good to see it. It's good to see that, that women are trying to stand up for each other because there's a lot of women out there that aren't standing up for each other that think that this is okay. And that are okay. They're okay with, um, and it's not just men because there are women doing it too, but, but other people deciding what, what they can do with their bodies. And I guarantee you, um, Kat Palmer had mentioned that other than circumcision, when, when boys are, are first born, there's nothing else that affects men the way that these laws affect women. So think about that when you're voting the next time. What did your legislator, what did your congressman, what did your city council member, how did they vote? How did they stand on this? Did they stand on the side of, of, of you or someone else? Right. Because People are making this point and nobody's listening to it. And it's a very valid point. And pretty soon somebody's, somebody's going to have to hear it, which is everybody's so concerned about this baby while it's inside the mother's womb. But we have some of the worst mortality rates when it comes to actual birth. And then look at how we, we treat children like they're after they're actually born. There's no help for single parents. So you, you insist that this poor woman have this, this baby. And then you give her no assistance afterwards if she's maybe alone or in an abusive relationship or was raped or whatever it may be. So think about those things, people, when elections come up, uh, vote for the little, the little things that happen that, that cause things like this, the, these laws to be passed here in Utah for national reactions. See, look what you did, Jess. Uh, that wasn't even my rant, so. I know, but it created a whole, like, long, wild political tangent. <laughs> but I agree 100% with you. Fucking people need to read shit. They need to read legitimate news sources. Stop fucking relying on Facebook for all your news. It's just a bad idea. It's not. I read multiple news sources. It yeah. doesn't hurt. Or just as a point, just open the thing that you're going to post. No. That's not even no, good but enough. I mean, like, yeah, it is because if you're posting a thing about a kid missing, guess what? The first thing says is update: kid has been found in March. It takes two <laughs> seconds to open it. <laughs> like, let's just start with the easy stuff, little baby steps. She has a point. Just open the thing that you're gonna repost and make sure it actually says. I thought for sure she was gonna say something like somebody had accidentally posted a link to some weird porn or something because they didn't no, pay that's attention. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but kids found. Like you don't need to be like wasting data. Well, it space. takes away from an actual post about an actual missing kid because I do. I I scroll past them because I'm like, half ah, these people are you probably found, and I just don't. I don't want to sit here and you click know what on I pay attention to when I get a. a a uh, lost pet alert in my email from my <laughs> lost pet like thing that I'm on for the for the chipped animals. Okay, that doesn't have anything to do with this. No, but that's when I'm looking for lost things. That's uh, everyone that pops up in my email. I look at it. And I'm like, okay, I'll be on the lookout for. Oh, that 
that cat was lost like three neighborhoods over. Yeah, I'm not going to look for that cat. <laughs> but if it's like relatively close, I'm like, okay, I'll keep an eye out. I'm like, because I would appreciate that if my pet was lost. Good job, Chris. Well, we are proud to have back with us Allison from the Salt Lake Downtown Downtown Farmers Alliance, right? Downtown Farmers Market. Downtown Farmers Market. It's, Salt Lake Alliance. I don't. That's all. We, we are. Our organization is called Urban Food Connections of Utah, and that's a five hundred one c three that was created about six years ago. Um, and we we sort of exist under the Downtown Alliance, but we wanted to have a a more statewide mission. Like we want to be able to advocate for farmers in Layton and Tory and you know wherever. So um, rather than being constrained by the downtown boundaries, we created a new 501c3 and took all market operations under that umbrella. And you're doing a great job of supporting the entire state, I'll tell you that. Thank you. And I can't believe it's already been another year. It goes fast. I, I will say the uh, dirt farmers in St. George are, are woefully underrepresented at the farmer's market. <laughs> That's true, but not, not, for ask, not for not asking. And there's some really good cattle ranches down there. There's a pecan farm. There's a there's a pe- pecan farm down there. Oh yeah, yeah there's big a big pe- one. Yeah, pecan farm and there's a pistachio what? farm. Yeah, pecans are my favorite nuts. In Pistachios case people didn't know, are one of my favorites. Yeah, so I, that's a, something probably a lot of people don't know. But you can, you know, if you're passing through going to St. George for a vacation or something, you can stop and get local pistachios. There's some really amazing dairy farms down there. Um, We've heard there's good cheese, cheese. really good cheese. Yeah, we and the heard name that. of which I'm not gonna. It's a uh, Finney Farm. Yes. Yeah, Finney Farm has a really great uh, cheese stand and a, a, a significant uh, cattle operation. And they do great cheese, and you can stop on your way. There's some cool hikes. You can also go down to, was it Hilldale that has the, the cheese that won yep. all the that awards? That is in Hilldale. Yeah. Yep. Is that's that Finney, the one that's, that's the one that won all the awards? Won all the awards. Mm-hmm. Originally, Did was you like know a tough shed? that we yeah. have a Utah Cheese Awards now? Yeah. Isn't that we awesome? We had the guy on. Yeah, yeah they, uh, the director. German. I, yeah. Wish, I wish that we... We've lost some really incredible cheesemakers over the last few years, which is a bummer. And so if people, like I get it all the time, people say, I want to come and be a vendor at the farmer's market. What should I do? And I say cheese. And it's not easy. It's really hard. Um, well, if but you think about it, there's only two. There's, there's Heber Valley. There's oh, Beehive. Oh, I guess Tony, there's, there's, there's there too. Yeah, there's, there's tons. There's Mesa Farms. There's, um, I think there's a probably less than 10 but we've lost some of the really great artisanal cheesemakers um in the last few years just because it's it's difficult and people get divorced and they sell their cows and it's a bummer (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, they move to alaska things happen what's what's crazy to me is all the people i've talked to in the cheese business so like we talked to the rocklet girls we talked to german we we talked to a bunch of people and they all gonna talk to somebody else on an upcoming show and they all tell us yeah we we worked at rock hill creamy for a while up in logan Mm -hmm. we love that place they're they're the best and I've, like they never, they're they're not anywhere but right there in Logan. Yeah, Jennifer uh, up at Rock Hill and her husband, um, they just they do an amazing job, and they do have this steady stream of interns because they want to teach people how to do it and what to do. They want to pass the knowledge on, and not everybody's going to have you know a ten or fifteen. Um, herd flock cows because it's really hard yeah, work. It's tough, um, but they do a really good job, I think, of bringing people in, teaching them, teaching them the art, and then sending them into cool places to do additional work there's lots of cows in bear lake yeah well and it is i mean it is truly it is truly an art and it's it's one of those things like especially the artisanal cheese making it's not that different than what they do at a, on a large scale other than the fact that it's way better taste wise but it's something that not a lot of people do and at some point maybe that just 
goes away if you don't no. continue to teach people. You ha- it would go away. I mean, yeah, you have to continue to pass on the craft. And uh, like uh, Snowy Mountain is one we lost not that long ago. And that was really deep level, stinky European cheeses. Was that the one out in Tooele? No, they were, they were in... I can't remember. They were up in uh, like Eden. Up in the snowy mountains of Utah. And then we lost uh, (laughs) Oolite was another really good artisanal fermented sort of stinky Mm -hmm. cheese. Mesa Farms down in um, now near Torrey is really amazing. And they're doing such such good work, but such small work that Caputo buys their entire inventory and ages it and rebrands it for them. Oh, wow. So you can't like we try to get get Mesa come to. Yeah. So you can't really get. As Mesa cheese unless you go to his farm and mm. that uh, just deep level of knowledge and, and, and I'm telling you that the any cheese any cheese manufacturer in in the state would make a killing at the farmers market mm-hmm. so right now the only there's the the goat everything guys there's Drake. Yeah, Drake Farms, the goat goat cheese. That make goat that make, soaps, lippies, if, and all. If it can have goat in it, they have it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not goat, even joking. Their goat yogurt smoothies are really, really good. Um, I think people get a little bit freaked out about goat milk, but their products are uh, amazing. But goat milk's so good. Like goat milk for an anti inflammatory is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So there's there's Drake and then there's Heber Valley, um, which is they're doing good stuff. Oh, I love their melted cheese. Yeah, I mean they do they do a really good cheese. It's pretty you know, midline, it's really accessible. It's really, it's not like freaky. It's not mm-hmm. a stinky mm-hmm. fermented like cheese. cheese. Yeah. I mean, if you're into that, it's, it's definitely <laughs> harder to find. Um, and there's beehive is still plugging away and doing really great stuff. Um, oh, we have nice. a company called Epicurean chefs who does a fresh they, mods. They do the fresh. Oh mods, my gosh. Yeah. I love their fresh mods. Yeah. And then Caputo's of course is doing a really great burrata and a fresh mods in shop that they sell at the market too. So, oh, they do do, bring but the, the burrata market. doesn't come out very often. Heather doesn't bring that very often. It sells out. Yeah. And it's expensive. We but it's yeah, so delicious. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not an everyday cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you, when your best tomato and your p- best plant is ready, then you dive into the burrata. But we could definitely use more cheesemakers. Yeah, I would blessed well. are the cheesemakers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. It's true. I'm sold. We're going to Vegas this weekend. I think we need to go to the St. George Nut Farms. I think you're in St. George all the time. Our daughter goes to school. I know, there. and I had no idea there was pecans. Pe- fuck the pistachios. It's all about the pecans. <laughs> are we allowed to? Drop yeah. F bomb. Oh, yeah. we can say whatever you want. Wow. That, that opens it up for me. Um, <laughs> She's like, well, I'm just going to let loose now. <laughs> I think the thing that you need to understand about the nut farms down there is that there are some cultural differences. So be prepared to. Um, cultural differences. Be prepared to it's access cool. a different kind of culture. And sometimes, like, Finney Farm is really great. Their little shop is there. They are. Uh, polygamist. They're yeah. not big on dropping f bombs. They're not don't, don't drop an f bomb, but for sure go to that little shop up that weird road because they're they do like different flavors of frozen yogurt <gasps> every day, and oh. so you just like buy the cheese. They have bread that they grind the wheat themselves, yeah, and tortillas they grind. The they're wheat our and make own themselves. version of Amish people, really. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, just I mean, it, you just have to sort of be respectful and understand that you're you might be outside of your comfort zone when you go to access those products, yeah. and that's fine because they want to sell you Should stuff. Be. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they, wanna, go, they go to Walmart down there all the time, so they're not that different. They just they go to the they go to the fun all across the, fun the place street from me in St. So, George. Yeah. They just wear the same clothes. They go to the fun center in St. George. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. I I have yet like I've like because Sean's going to school down there and and Cassie's in Cedar City and there's quite a few there. 
And it's, they just all, it's weird because they all wear the exact same style of dress. Well, because they just, they have a pattern. They make it's traditional. But they all drive yeah. really nice cars and they have smartphones. And for some reason, they love, they love cane footwear. I don't know what that's about. Just durable. You can yes. pass them down. I don't know. They're comfortable. <laughs> I think it's rude I that the guys it. get to wear jeans and stuff and the girls still have to wear those shitty dresses. I think they, lo- look, I'm still, t- I'm still to this day, I'm telling you, I would wear a dress every day. If I thought I could get away with it, if it was socially acceptable, because you'd have to well, think about it. A kilt. Yeah. The yeah. problem with women, though, is most women feel like they need to like have their legs shaved and stuff like that. And so. Not down there. No, <laughs> um, girls is wearing jeans under those. I dresses. was just gonna yeah. say, but they're wearing they're wearing pants. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I mean, I think you know if you can sort of set aside that cultural difference, and it's a pretty wide cultural difference. I'll tell you, you don't know this for sure, but we have uh, polygamist vendors at the downtown farmers market. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, I guarantee it. I, I know who they are. You can see. Well, them. there's some in White City, so I imagine they're just they're, I, look. I, we don't discriminate. You know, it's, polygamous they're, they're, Look, we as long as they're not marrying off their 12 year old daughters, I don't care what. People don't ask, do you have three wives when you go out of state for no reason? There is a reason right. that, that stereotype exists. There are a lot of polygamists. Well, in the and then when Utah. Chris goes out, they especially ask him because he kind of looks a little bit like He's got Brigham, the Brigham look. It's well, yeah, it's two questions: Do you ski, and how many, how many husbands or wives do you have? Yeah. At least I'm past the Wyoming thing where they ask if I have a toilet in my house. <laughs> and that is no joke. I got asked that a lot coming from Wyoming. No, I don't. Nope. I poop Wait, everywhere. I, well, are you fixing to put one in? I got a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> it's real easy to empty. I just throw it out the kitchen window. Uh. <laughs> we got land. We don't have neighbors' houses out our kitchen window. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so let's. Uh, <laughs> well, we took a turn there. No, didn't this, we? Is, yeah. this is where I'm going to start. Wanted to talk about nuts and something that's so cool that I think about Allison's job is you get to meet people all over the state when you. Are, I can't remember what you called it the last time you were here, but it's almost like a quality control that you are going to these vendors. And I imagine that, you know, we're just talking about polygamists. You have met everybody on every end of the spectrum. Is there somebody that stands out to you that is just like exceptional? Oh, that's a good question. I think that, yes, we do try to be as proactive as possible in doing farm inspections. Um, particularly with new vendors, we want to see what they're growing and where and whether they're telling us the truth or not. Um, <laughs> or if they're bringing their oranges in Costco? from you or, know, Costco. Yeah, yeah, you show up with an orange. You, yeah. yeah you, no, you're done. <laughs> Except they're, well, that's a different story. Like avocados? Yeah, no avocados. Where's your lemons? Um, you, bana- where the hell did you get those bananas from? Yeah. Like, I grow them in my yard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we do get to meet a really broad swath of people. Um, a really, I mean, everybody from like Abby and Zara to my polygamous vendor, you know I mean? So it's a pretty diverse mix of people and, uh, we all have our, our own personal favorites, but, um, interacting, I mean, just meeting new people. Like we have a new vendor coming on who is a prepared food vendor. His business is called Kuya Del and he, um, it's Filipino curry. <gasps> and it's really good and just to be able to meet people like that and hear their stories and what inspired them to make what they're making we have another um vendor called namash swahili cuisine oh my god i love those guys yeah and she well they they're at spice kitchen so this will be their first shot on the food fairway najiti That's is awesome. a really amazing lady um she was originally from swahili ended up in somalia as a refugee and then ended up here 
as a Somalian refugee. Huh. Um, but, you know, just I didn't know what Swahili food was. And it's like well, this, some bosas are bomb. Like, so <laughs> I don't even I necessarily them. know. Well, I don't you know, I mean, you just you get to hear people's stories in a really interesting way, um, whether they're just like a 27 year old kid who is passionate about starting a new microgreen business. Microgreens are great, especially top in the crops. early season or mm-hmm. top crops or. Um, yeah, I mean, you sort of just get to. Hey, are the are the Puerto Rican people? They moved to Denver. That's what I thought. Yeah, I they thought moved they to moved. Denver. Damn it! I know everyone's <laughs> can you really hire bummed. me to write all of these stories for yeah. your website? Absolutely. You're so hired. how many? How many new? So I, I got a I got a better question first before I talk about the food vendors. Uh, I got a better question. Well, I mean, so a better that, than what? We, so we, we Nobody asked a question for like 10 minutes. Well, I was going to ask a question about food vendors, but but first <laughs> I have to ask. So last year we, we talked about the construction that was starting. Mm-hmm. And, and truthfully, it got started, but it really didn't have much of an impact on the market because it was still relatively contained in the center of the park. It had to adjust the way the food area was a little bit, um, which I thought worked out well. It was awesome. Um, but now I've driven past the park and there's like the middle of the park's gone. Like not just yeah. the very middle, but like everything right off the sidewalk, essentially. I would say that that is kudos to my team um, for making it look like nothing really happened <laughs> uh, because it was tremendously impactful. Oh, yeah. Well, especially like because I know you guys use the inner part of the park to get people's vehicles in. Yeah. And- yeah. Well, there's there's the driving. There's the fact that we had to eliminate... <clears throat> excuse me, our market musician program we used to have a stage by the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we use power has to, had to totally change. We lost somewhere between five and 10 spots for food vendors. And um, people probably don't um, know that w- the majority of our bottom line comes from people buying prepared food and eating. Um, our farmers fees are super low. Most of the vendors fees are super low. We make our money on you getting a burrito. Um, because that's where that's where the cash is. So you so get your a, coffee and your burrito, and we need to get Bubble and Brown back here so I can buy more food. They're to dead go to me. <laughs> oh, wow. Just kidding, Andrew. I love you. Wow. <laughs> oh, just a note to don't future worry, vendors: don't fucking leave the state because Allison. It, that was a, like that one was heartbreaking because they came in. They had they made such an impact. Their food was so unique and so well done, and they were really good vendors. And they just could make money hand over fist. And that's all about Andrew's business sense and his his culinary ability and his, oh, his t- I, I never flavor palette was amazing. Like, yeah. No, I was very lucky. Yeah. I will say that we have a, a new vendor coming on in the pastry category that I think is going to give them a run for their money. I'm really hopeful. They're called Streusel. They're delicious. Yeah. And they're, they're doing some really interesting things. And I, I really hope they can help to fill that void. We don't have any shortage of pastries at the market. Like you can get no. whatever you want, you know? Oh, yeah. You have um, Pierre and... Tule, yeah, <laughs> Pierre Tule Crumb Bread Riot. Yeah. Um, we have a new keto paleo pastry bread sort of vendor. Gluten free, gluten, what? yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got nothing. Gluten free people. It's okay. yeah, it's uh, you know, like uh, there's, there's, a, there's market. a market for that. I'm just saying, <laughs> I am not the market for that, but I'm there not, is a market for I, that, and I'm so a, I, I don't begrudge it. I, I'm a, I'm a firm. I will say because I don't give a shit. If you have to have a gluten-free diet, stop trying to fucking eat bread. I mean, I think that's kind of the obvious choice. Just stop. But, you know, <laughs> like my associate director, she has celiac disease. And so 
she deserves if a sandwich. It, yes. If it will kill you, yeah. then that's fine. No, that that's what. Okay, look. No, no. Real, real gluten no. intolerance is celiac disease, and it's rare. And it's very rare. Yeah. And there's plenty of people who are like, well, I don't eat gluten because I have celiac disease. I'm like, no, you fucking don't. If you had celiac disease <laughs> and you have you have flour in a sauce you would die. on something, yeah, you, would get you really are sick. miserable yeah. for three I've only known days. One person personally, likewise, that's had like, yeah. like super miserable. It's pretty rare, and so um, I have to be really respectful of it. But then there's the whole like yoga mom culture that's yeah. like it just makes me bloated, and I'm just like you should. It's not that woman. We're watching. I don't. I, don't I can't say anything. Like I, I choke on bread sometimes, and just, I still eat it. Just fart more. You'll be better. You won't be. Yeah. Better. I mean, but so so our job is not to you know judge our customer. Our job is to provide the most diverse array of products for the population. Yeah, and as to be they fair, wish. this this is a farmer's market, so you're going to get plenty of those hippies. So yeah, I mean, if she sells two thousand uh, dollars worth of bread, I don't really care what's cupcakes. In it. The cupcakes. Let me ask you this: What's their name? Do you She's have amazing. a rule about showing childhood vaccine? before fuckers come into the farmer's market. <laughs> I think you should make one. It feels like to me like the farmer's market is the place where people are going to get the, the measles and the mumps because idiot ass parents that don't vaccinate wow. bring their kids there. I'll tell you the biggest risk. There's like checkpoints on each of the corners. I'm just, I'm the biggest, <laughs> the, our biggest risk of operating a farmer's market in that park is um, hepatitis. Dogs. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, so our, our staff is, is vaccinated. We recommend all the vendors get vaccinated. Um, we recommend, you know, I mean, you should have that vaccination yes, as a standard should. rule, but it's particularly important in Pioneer Park because there's a lot of activity that goes on there. So um, I can't turn people away if they don't have the chicken pox vaccine. I got chicken pox when I was little. I didn't die. Knock wood. I had a chicken pox party. Guess what? We don't have to have those anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's that's a it's an interesting debate. Yeah. Well, but sorry. no, we don't check. We don't check you, you at the door. Check your vaccines at the door. <laughs> we don't and people, you. just a reminder while we're talking about it, don't bring your asshole dog. This is not the place to go socialize your damn pet. If your pet doesn't like people or other dogs, stay the hell unless, out. Unless yeah. all you're doing is there to socialize the animal and not shop and not talk. Well, to and that, there's a dog not, park for that. And, yes. So, yeah. Yeah, there is a dog but don't walk your nasty ass dog that's biting at everybody's heels and and growling is, at the other dogs. It's true, and biting little kids' faces off. It's, Stop it! It's it's, it's a real challenge. It's and uncanny that people are just clueless about it. <laughs> it's really challenging. We'll um, be passionate about it for you. We, thank you. We try. We try to encourage. Like you know, we reserve the right to remove anybody from the park at any time. So if you have a dog that's being aggressive or a dog that urinates on a farm stand, which is it happens all the time, or you your dog poops on the sidewalk and you don't clean it up, we can have you evicted from the park. My dog. So it's really important to, to it's a dick move and it happens every year. Let me Someone, tell you, my dog drank too much water and puked her guts out all over the sidewalk on the southeast corner. Yes. And I went and found shit to clean it up. It was not easy. It took like 10 minutes. It was disgusting, <laughs> but I cleaned it up. It's gross. Yeah. It happens. And, and there's and, plenty of people. But I stood by it and like, you know, don't protect be careful. People. Don't, yeah. don't slip on this giant. But my poor dog, dog, she was so excited to be there. And then she realized she was thirsty. And we kept saying, we're like dragging her away from the water. Oh, my God. She's going to throw up. And then she, we should get back to the construction in the park. <laughs> sure. Sorry, I, we sidetracked. Sorry, yes, yeah, so, my okay. fault. Sorry, so, because so, there's it, there's noticeably a lot more still right now. Yes. Okay. So it's totally done. 
Um, the grass is in, the lighting is in, the trees are in. Oh, nice. The pathway is in. Uh, if I'm being honest, I haven't been by the park in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah. Weeks. The fence is still up mm. and that will remain until probably early September because they just want to yes. protect it while it gets established. So it's going to look exactly the same, you know, for most people. There's not going to be any access to it. Um, but our market will look the same as it did from July to oh, the good. end of the season. So, yeah, we still have that triangular food fairway. Which was actually really nice. I actually up. liked it. Yeah. It was a surprisingly happy result from what was a, our biggest challenge. I, I, I will say this. The thing I liked about the triangular food fairway way better than the way you guys had it set up before is I felt like whoever was right at the mouth got all the business. And by the time people got to the end where they, they were, were like, going oh, to I already bought down, my food. Yeah. They've already... F- picked it out with the triangle like you stand there and you can kind of survey and see everyone and you're like oh that looks good i don't have to walk all the way down this something yeah. from there and, liked, and there and yeah. i did like the tables in the center i know there weren't it didn't feel like there were as many but i felt like there were strangely there. enough and um it didn't feel as crowded it didn't feel as reason. crowded it, i don't mm-hmm. know why that is it it definitely i think it was really spread out and so you didn't notice that there were a bunch of tables and chairs down by the stage <clears throat> So I think it's it worked really well. We're looking forward to essentially the same layout and operation as last year. And um, we uh, I, th- I believe the Parks Department is investing in their own set of chairs and tables. So we'll have a oh, more nice. substantial oh, nice. chairs and tables. I set. heard the vendors really like it, too, because they can look at each other. You can stare each other down. That's what a vendor <laughs> said <laughs> to me. We can, like, I stare no, each other. We can see who, <clears throat> We can see who's busy and who's not busy. It's true because not a lot of people are willing to walk all yeah. the way down to the end and then walk back and then try and remember where it was that they saw. And it's nice to just kind of stand there and, so and I, you can see everybody. Yeah. And it's really territorial. Like some of those vendors had been in those same spots for a decade. Mm-hmm. And so wow. people sort of knew, knew what they were looking for when they walked down that aisle and they weren't necessarily willing to go all the way down and find the really amazing Vietnamese food that we had yeah. down there for a couple of years. They're like, oh, I yeah. stopped. It was, I, I stopped. Here's Bubble and Brown. Yeah. And I got my coffee with buzzed right across. I'm not going to go down and see these amazing yeah. anything. And now they're kind of, they're, they have a more of an opportunity yeah, to I sort really of survey like it. And yeah, I think it's worked out really well. Thank you. I think even after they open the park up, you should kind of keep that personally. Well, we will have to. Um, and we anticipate additional changes in Pioneer Park over the coming uh, year to two years, uh, none of which I can talk about because none of it's been funded yet. But, um, you know, we've had a, an amazing relationship with the Parks Department and they understand that the farmer's market is their one of their greatest assets. And that, well, it turned um, the park around. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it continues to, to do that every, you know, Saturday for 20 weeks out of the year. So and we Tuesdays. Were, Tuesdays and Tuesdays. Yeah. Tuesdays, August and September. Um, so we work really closely with them and we have a, a vision of what the next sort of phase of the park will be. And that's going to be completely beneficial to the market. Nice. I just wrote on my paper park department and farmer's market equals true love. Yeah. (laughs) She drew a heart around it. I truly love Kristen Riker. I didn't write a heart, but I can. (laughs) (laughs) So who are some of the new, who are some of the new food vendors? Yeah. Who do we need to be looking out for? You you gave us a couple. Are there more? Well, we have a lot of new farmers. Oh, which wow. is yeah. Oh, that's exciting. It is exciting. Um, did, I mean, do you, are, are did you add more farmers and not remove some old ones, or so like are you expanding the the actual produce area and the the farm area? We're busting it out more to the east and west sides. Nice, Ooh. nice. Yeah. So a new microgreen vendor, a new uh, guy who's invested in a pretty substantial amount of land up in up near 
east of Park City. I can't remember exactly where it is right now. Um, Morgan? Oakley? <laughs> it might be Oakley. I can't mm. remember. Anyway, people are getting into the game. Um, and I That's think awesome. that it, there's a lot of people who will tell you that micro farming is the future mm-hmm. of farming, right? Mm-hmm. So some people are making investments and, you know, buying land and seeing what they can do with an acre, two acres, five acres. And so we've got, I think, six new farms for the season this year, which is <gasps> tremendous. That's really cool. It's the future. I mean, you know, that should give everybody warm fuzzies because the most important thing we can do right now is grow food. Well, it helps too when we have people fighting for people like Bangator. Right. Yeah. Like last year, that was amazing. Yeah. Their land was saved. Yeah, we were. It, that yeah. wasn't my first job, by the way. Well, that was that's another part of that like <laughs> statewide mission. We want to be able to to advocate for century farms that are just getting pushed around by a city council that thinks you know a soccer field is more important, and to have a bunch of people turn and say, no, it's not. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. So that is a, one of our big. Um, our big missions is really to advocate for farms and farmland and growers and what they can do and how they can do it. I, I think the reason they wanted a soccer field is FFA membership is really down, I think, in high schools. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually sadly true. Oh. Uh, but, you know, I was just joking. The old, the, but, you know, the old model of farming, like, you know, a soybean farmer on 3,000 acres in Iowa it's not working, you know. No. I mean, ask any Especially farmer who's ask Jerry right Sloan, now. right? Ask any farmer who's getting a subsidy right now because of the tariffs. So that's not. And right now, Jared uh, from Hanson Homegrown is sitting on you know hundreds of heads of lettuce because is he in West Jordan. Yes, I he makes the best peppers. Oh he gosh. he grows amazing <laughs> food. He does it efficiently. He does it on a small scale, a relatively small scale, um, and he's making he's profitable. You know, grow something that people want, do it well, find venues, have a website, have social media, understand where your venues are, and you can really kill it. You know, SLC Top Crops is another one. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to have 3,000 acres in the middle of Iowa to be successful as a farmer. In fact, that's now a detriment um, to sustainable farming in the country. So uh, that's what we're trying to do is support those small farmers who maybe they got a little chunk of land. Maybe it was through a grant from Salt Lake County or been farming or whatever it is. Let, you know, let them go, let them see if they can do it. Let them see if they can be profitable. Let them see if they can find an audience. And we've had some incredible success stories over the last few years. The County gel is going to be there again, right? They are. I love, I love their, their stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's a great program. I like that really they have is. flowers. They, they, you know, <laughs> they are able to, diversify and play in a way that a lot of people aren't and so they, they have you the know, time they have the time <laughs> literally and if it fails well I yeah. mean it, but it's, it's so, what, a, what a wonderful program for a lot of those guys too to be able to to actually learn a skill it's also that. tremendous opportunity for USU Extension who works really closely with them to do research on you mm-hmm. know what are we should we grow dried beans what's the profitability how hard is it should we grow you know moringa or you know whatever strange crop and they can do that because it's they're not you know that's not income that they have to live on it's yeah i love how passionate they are too like if you ask them i know at sometimes like later in the summer they'll put together like a salsa basket or something like that and they'll be like oh what are you using it for and they'll tell you like 
I just I just like how passionate they are yeah, about they're what great. they're growing. Those guys. They do a great it's a great program and I love them and And they're yeah, really fr- they only let the friendly ones out into the public. <laughs> so don't be afraid to talk to them. It is a privilege yeah. to be able to sell on site if you're in the county jail and they do a really good job of picking the right people mm-hmm. and most and of them are not going to be in the county jail for long term, so they just kind of get in, learn a skill, figure I out what they want to do. I never see the prison bus. You guys do a really good job <laughs> of covering it up. They come in it's as Salt Lake County. Jail. It's a white I know. I know. It's fine. They're fine. <laughs> They're I, drive in, I drive in in the morning a lot of times with a transportation bus because I work downtown and I get off at 9th and they get off at 9th to head over to the courthouse. So I get off by the transportation Those bus. Those aren't all nice criminals. No. <laughs> no. Those are the ones being Those... transferred to court to have, have their hearings and stuff. They're not working at the market. No, no I don't think so. No. So it's okay. They might I work at the market next year, some yet. of them, but yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> There's plenty <laughs> so, yeah. of officers there. So that's really cool. That's true. Happen. That's really cool. A lot of new farm vendors. I'm excited for A lot that. of new farmers. I mentioned um, the Keto Bakery. We have a CBD vendor. For the Excellent. first time, sole CBD products. So, so let me ask you. So, do you guys have rules about smoking pot at the market? Because that's illegal. Because there's there's a <laughs> just I mean flatline. There's yep. there's there's a vendor in particular I know, and I'm not going to rat out this person or this vendor. I'm sure you already know who they are. Uh, <laughs> they sell they sell a lot of herbs like micro micro greens and herbs. <laughs> um, there's always sage hanging around. I'm just saying their booth smells an awful lot like. Really good. Weed I don't think that they smoke the it there. I think they just smoke so much they just smell like <laughs> it's, it's, very, very it's very like my coworker that smells like, like the back of the van could be open and just wafting it, it, it. I don't know if it's too. If it's too, I think you're thinking of it is a hundred percent sage. And every week we get complaints that someone is smoking pot <laughs> that in is that not, booth. That is and I have had. I actually had during those the, guys are awesome though. I do like them during the height of Operation Rio Grande. I had. Um, UHP officers, he was smoking a cigarette, but he was burning sage, and they like bah, 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 banged on his window, you know, and he was like, "What the boxing going on?" <laughs> and the like, are thought. you smoking pot? And he's like, "No, it's a rolly. It's like organic rolly cigarette." And they didn't believe him, and I had to go and intervene. Like, this dude's been burning sage for twenty years. Yeah. It's fine. He's not. I, I, I have, never recognize the smell of Chris, pot. Chris, you judgy oh, McJudger. I'm not judging. I have, now, that and is, I promise you that dude's a pothead. I know who... There, that is not to say that there are probably people, you know, sneaking tokes somewhere in the park. I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't guarantee see it. there you are. It's okay. Know. It's yeah. okay, people. It should be legal anyway. Don't worry about it. It's not the kind of thing that... Um, SLCPD is going to get real excited about. I mean, no. you know, no. UHP guys are kind of, they get kind of aggro. Because they're idiots. Well, I mean, I well, they're just I love of, them. I think they do a fantastic job. They're, look, they're out of their, they they're out a, of their realm. It's, yeah, it's different. I mean, SLCPD is not necessarily looking for that kind of activity no, in that neighborhood. They're looking for a much they're like, more oh, egregious You're smoking offenses. pot? That's fine. You didn't leave an uncapped needle on the grass right. for a little girl to step on. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm good. It's they're, fine. They're looking for different kinds of uh, drug offenses. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, you're smoking pot. Okay, None of this happens s- in Pioneer Park, no, by the no, way. No. 100% <laughs> cl- net, This is a, the safest. No, it's, a, it's actually across the street by the police station. <laughs> is that is that station still there where the, like, by where the Iggy's was? I don't know. Um, the, it is the, no longer an active substation. They moved okay. that substation over to the Gateway. Okay. Uh, because of Operation Oh, yeah. yeah, we saw it there. Right. There is a there. Korean restaurant there now. Yes. Korean barbecue restaurant. Really? Yeah. Yes. Brand I just new. drove by it. Oh, it looks 
it's nice. above something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I I didn't know if that was still there or not. So uh, no, they, you can park there now. <laughs> yeah, o- Operation Rio Grande has changed the dynamic down there. So um, mm-hmm. them being headquartered in the Rio Grande Depot kind of got rid of the need for that one substation. Um, so, but there are plenty of police officers in the neighborhood if you need and they're assistance. All, and they're all super <laughs> nice. I haven't ever <laughs> need assistance. They're all super nice. I've never met one that wasn't. There was one of the, I got to tell you guys, I know this has nothing to do with the farmer's market, but there was a police officer, a Sandy City cop at the Real game this last weekend that had an old fashioned billy club in his Oh belt. yeah. Like it was the long wooden kind. I haven't That's seen rad. that in so long. It wasn't like the, you know, the kind of like. We <laughs> walked by him. I'm like, he obviously doesn't know that there's much cooler steel batons. I said, I'm much more terrified of that. Batons. So. Like, if a cop comes up to me with a billy club, meh, whatever. If he comes up to me with that steel baton and whips it out, there's an intimidation. I don't factor. know. <laughs> Just from far away, though, like to see a guy with a big... Uh, Old school. You know, club. I, I go to the market. It was like a all lot. worn too. Like the handle was yeah, like he probably had it for thirty it was years. Freaking awesome! Why would he let go of his wooden billy club? I, I cool. will say we go to the market a lot, and and maybe not as much as Jess, but we walk around a lot. I've yet to see a, an altercation where the police were 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 needed. Like the, it's it frankly rare. I mean, I don't that, ever see it. It's frankly very rare, and that is partly because in. Um, the activation of the park and putting 300 vendors and, you know, two people per stall and then all the people that come in, um, p- nobody wants to engage in illegal activity surrounded by a bunch of normals from the suburbs. You know? <laughs> so, so they do tend to leave. Some stay, some leave. Um, the ones that stay are pretty non-invasive though. Like you can kind of notice a couple wandering around weird, but it's a very safe place for the most part. Um, you know, it's it's rare to see an altercation. We do have it. We do have the occasional incident, but you stick, overwhelmingly, you stick it's ten thousand people in any spot. And it's going to happen. Also, right. a bird might shit on your head. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is true. Just just that has happened. Just <laughs> saying. My shoulder. Did it happen to you? So oh, I remember that. We're, we're walking in last year, and right at the traffic light on the the southwest corner, like we're standing there, and she's like. I think a bird just shit on my head. And he's like, no, I'm sure that's and not what I was. turns around and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's shit all over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> seagulls. The seagulls are, are serious. No, and that was a pigeon. Was that it? was straight up a serious. pigeon. The it was sitting on the it was sitting on the line, I think, as I walked under. And it just so now I won't like when I were waiting to cross the street, like I stand way away. Yeah. <laughs> that's happened to me. I got it on the shoulder one time. It happens. Because birds don't care. I actually think they just aim, but it's possible. <laughs> so outside, because I know you're you're heavily involved with the farm stuff, but but you guys have plenty of other vendors there as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. are there there are other great vendors coming to that space that you're aware of? Um, I would say that we we do have a few new vendors coming in. As I mentioned, Strusel. I think this new CBD vendor is going to be really interesting. I think. Um, you know, I think the keto people have every chance to succeed. I think there's going to be a new round of products coming out of Spice Kitchen Incubator, packaged products. Nice. They always nice. do some really interesting stuff. Um, the, we have a very solidly returning clientele this year, which is good and bad because people do come looking for the new <laughs> thing. But it's also really good because people coming to looking to expect, you know, what they saw last year. They want to come back and get their favorite products. So um, it's a balance. I, I, we have a new vendor coming in. 
Um, they do a buttermilk-based syrup, Uncle Bob's <gasps> Butter Country. Oh, my God. Which everybody was like against Bill but me. Like Bill and Nato's Cafe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I forgot about that. So that's what you're amazing. saying is everyone else is dumb. Well, I think... <laughs> that's why you're in charge. <laughs> well, I think that... The, the, that there are definitely people who think, what is this? Like, I don't know what kombucha is. What is this weird hippie crap? What is this elitist attitude you have about, you know, and sometimes you just need like a Uncle Bob's butter country to come in and like be the great equalizer because <laughs> it's really good. It's an all natural product. And if you can't afford maple syrup, or oh, you they don't better like maple just syrup, be like giving shots of that stuff. Look, they make little ba- they're going to make little baby pancakes and all be at it. their booth yeah. every weekend. It's I yummy. love that it, syrup. So I think we need to make space for everybody. And also, think, newsflash, we don't live where there are maple trees. Right. So it's a farmer's market. That's don't a, seek maple in a place that it doesn't exist. That's right. And we obviously don't have a maple syrup vendor. And so I think it's a really excellent <laughs> opportunity. Like if you want to buy locally and you want to support your local vendors, this is a really good option. And it's all natural and it's really tasty. Does anyone bitch about Lozies and their hummus? We don't, I mean, that's amazing. We don't grow garbanz- garbanzo beans. No, yeah. I've never seen a chickpea plant in this damn state. <laughs> no, it's, they don't grow here. It's, it's, uh, it's not a thing. They don't have the right climate. Firmly Middle Eastern themed, and yet they do yeah. extremely well at the market, and it's locally produced. And, and yeah, it's a fine line because there are we don't have we don't have like if you you can still sell hummus even though we can't buy garbanzo beans. If you're buying the garbanzo beans, you're buying the products. You're you know doing your best to accommodate a local vendor where you can. Mm-hmm. You're making it here. Your product is here. Your taxes go back into the hello. Local we economy. cannot grow coffee beans here, right? But we drink coffee. This well, is an I eat local exactly. week discussion. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to come back in September and we'll talk about eat local week. Hell yeah, let's do that. And how you have to give up black pepper for a week. You I I want to. I don't ever do that. I do hardcore with the two exceptions of coffee and black pepper. I could give up black pepper for a week. I could give up black pepper and coffee because I don't like either one of them. I couldn't give up coffee. No, I don't give up coffee. That's, that's like the thing that that's my hard line. So I'm hardcore with everything else. It's like seven, I'm drinking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know well, last time we had you on, we talked about it a little bit. If somebody wants to be a vendor, how, how do they go through the process? Well, our application's open in February. Um, and so a lot of people just are immediately disappointed because they call us in May. And <laughs> we say, like, we're done. We already did vendor <laughs> orientations. Um, but so our application's open in February. Um, and we look everything over. We say, what is the need? Where are the holes? What, you know, okay, we already have two kombucha vendors. Do we need another one? Maybe no. we don't even look at that. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, what, what are the holes? Um, and so then we fill in based on that. Um, and so it's a complicated dance. They close in April and then we do evaluations. We have food juries and culinary experts who come in and try everything and we make decisions based on what we need. Um, and how many spaces we have open turnover is really small at the market. So, um, so that's kind of how we do that. A Tuesday market is a really great place for people to get their, um, feet wet. Those applications will open in July. I had a really interesting email from a guy today who's growing blue corn, milling blue corn, and Ooh. doing traditional native style um, no flour and yeah. pancake mixes. That's really cool. So that kind of thing that you know reflects our our heritage in the state, and he's doing it here. That's the kind of thing that like you can put that in Tuesday Market for sure, and give him a chance, and let him get his licenses and figure it all out. So. Um, so that is, you know, there's some barriers so there. So the Tuesday that, that come down. Is, your, is your junior farm team. No, it's it, also the. It's an opportunity for sure. It's also the the heavy produce time. Yeah, yeah. It's it has, getting rid of harvest. Yeah, in the past has been really only produce. We've opened it up now. Um, so there's meat vendors, and there's going to be probably 
a new kombucha vendor, actually. Um, so it's a chance for people to get their feet wet, see if they really want to do it, see if they can come up to capacity um, and, f- you know, figure out what they're doing. And it's it's a good starter ground. Winter Market was kind of like that in the beginning, although now there's almost no turnover at Winter Market. Like, it's... It's so pretty solid. Only returning, when people move out of state. Yeah. The returning vendors have to reapply each year. Uh huh. Okay. Everybody has to reapply. Just to keep it even. Uh huh. So I, I got a question about vendors. So one of the things I've noticed, I'm going to use this as an example, is you know as as you walk through like the market early in the season, everyone's very very different. There there may be a couple vendors that are similar. I mean, the farms is a different story because there's only so many damn things that grow in Utah. Um, but and half of our farms don't even really come in until yeah, beginning because of July. there's because there's nothing harvesting in yeah. the early spring except peas and greens, lettuce. Which you guys yeah. are really good about on your website and app. Of- Oh, that's, yeah, that is, that is really good. Um, but so what are the, one of the things I noticed, especially with some of the artisanal vendors is as the, the market progresses, I start to see, so soap is the one I'm going to tell you. (laughs) I start to see like 15 vendors that now are suddenly selling handmade soap, which is really weird because I know you guys try to keep a bit of a, uh, a, a bit of control on that so not every vendor is selling the same thing so it doesn't look like Comic-Con. Right. Um, <laughs> so how do you, I mean, how do you keep a handle on that? Because obviously you have discussions with them early on and you say, okay, oh, these are the things that you're going to sell. Okay, that's good. That fits with what we're doing. And then as things progress and they start to change their product offerings over the course of a season, is there, you know, do you guys have any recourse? Do you do you care? I mean, is that something you worry about? We have about? all of the recourse. <laughs> Oh, Don't you every, remember last time she talked about like early it. morning, like well, watching people yeah, be yeah, late? Yeah. <laughs> they have recourse. So, so you can't sell anything that you didn't put on your application in the beginning of the year. So okay. so you might just be noticing more soap vendors. And there are also two different categories. So if you own goats and you're maybe doing goat milk and you're maybe doing cheese or something like that. And soap is a soap is a product of your farm. Mm-hmm. You'll see those people on the farm side. Yeah. Anyone who's not who doesn't. um produce their own product. Like if you don't own the animals, you're just buying, you know, beeswax to make soap or whatever it might be there. Those are all on the art and craft side. Mm -hmm. And that's far more uh, competitive. So there are a lot of body products and there are a lot of companies that do, you know, bath bombs and soap and lotion and lippy and face stuff and whatever. Those are almost entirely not farm products. They're sourcing that stuff from some farm and then making it into something and they have to be on the art and craft side. Well, and maybe what it is, is the soap sells really well. And as you get later in the season, you're like, well, shit, none of this other stuff sells as good as the soap. So I'll bring more soap. That's possible. But I think that it's pretty solid. I don't. Uh, I'm not, I would have to have a... Like I said, I'm just using soap as an example. I noticed that a lot last year, especially on you know on the, the art side. I use air quotes like anyone can see it. <laughs> <Some> day, <laughs> on the art and craft side, some days you... Um, there's And those vendors rotate more too, right? They rotate a lot more. Yeah. So you might end up on any given Saturday where you called five alternate vendors because you had some holes and they all happen to be body care oh maybe that's what that happens could be is, yeah we just have we don't, to we're not there that. every single week obviously. yeah if you're there every week and you're seeing the mix yeah sometimes that does happen we try to keep that from happening but we also want to have we want to give people the most opportunity to sell their product as they can so we try to fill every hole we don't want empty spaces and I, and I will say for the most part that doesn't happen very no. often but there there's a few things that I see that I'm like oh you make handmade jewelry out of old spoons and forks <laughs> hey I have some of that jewelry I, so I know shut it's up. beautiful do not be hating on Steve and Joni but no 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 
But they're not the only ones that do it. No, there's and so I start to see more of that. And I'm like, but maybe it's just the things that you buy. You notice more. That's true. I do buy those things. <laughs> What I will, are you complaining maybe about it's then? Just Jesus, they're really protective I, about Olio. I, I will say this too. Well, they're <laughs> Who not. Isn't at they're, the they're not at the market. <laughs> they're not this coming year. back. Yeah. yeah. That's um, okay. What? Some there. Sometimes How does everybody know that, but me. I just heard about it when I went to the store last. last was week? it last week? Yeah, last weekend. They I think because we said, "Well, we'll see at the market," and they're like, "No." The, the, that is a success story. Yeah, yeah it totally you know? is. They, they don't have. They don't really have the time. They, they have got a brick to and mortar space. Yeah, they have a brick and mortar space. Their online sales are exploding. You can't, you know, throw a tube sock full of quarters in any direction without hitting a body care product, mm-hmm. right? Because they're really popular. So they made the decision to step back from the farmer's market space and focus on their online, focus on their retail. And th- they have gotten to a point where they can do that. And that's amazing. That, and is, they, that is a huge success story. They do have an open invitation uh, to come back when they want to. And, you know, 47 body care companies you know, apply yeah. and, well, and for that one space. And it's like we it's like we were saying, maybe it was before we started recording, but we were talking about the ladies from Rocklet. Like, like those those two girls, uh, they... I think they, it's funny that we all call them girls. They're women. They're women. <laughs> they're awesome. Although women. Abby is... The, she's the, the, like the sweetest, the sweetest creature ever. sweetest, cutest, shy lady I know. That's true. Yeah. Um, but... They started at the market. Mm-hmm. They got a chance, and now they have a very successful food truck. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fantastic at the market. If you've not had their freaking cheese, you're you're dumb. Uh, <laughs> and they know a lot about. <laughs> they even yeah. sell lactate if you're lactose intolerant. That's part of their menu now. Yeah, so they don't make that though. I think they're they're <laughs> no. There are two different strains of thought on that. Like I use the market to get my business to a certain level, and then I tap out because I have a brick and mortar. Or I've got distribution. I don't need the market anymore. And that is far more rare, frankly, mm-hmm. than the other model, which is I will never leave the farmer's market because it is the place where I interact with my customers the most, even if I have multi-state distribution. So it just, it's a matter of, you know, what kind of business model you want to yeah, follow. For sure. For you know, sure. Jorge is not ever leaving the market. He loves it. He loves to hold court. Rico's, uh, foods on the corner. He loves to interact oh, with people. Freaking love those guys. Uh, they need to bring their breakfast back. Oh, yeah, that was just, that was tough when my dog left. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, like, that's, you know, you can sort of look at it either way. You can either tap out and decide I'm going to focus on, you know, this other area or I'm going to continue to cultivate my product and my business relationships by being at the farmer's market. And there's absolutely no shortage of buyers from, you know, Whole Foods and natural grocers and Harmons who are walking that market every Saturday to look at what is new, what's coming next, who's ready for our shelf space, who are we going to cultivate? Oh, you look know? at the chocolate conspiracy guys. Yeah, chocolate conspiracy, another great example. So our job is to help those vendors realize that vision, get them to that space, and then they can decide where their business is going to go from there. Um, and we just facilitate whatever we can. I can't wait for uh, Harmons to invite Planned Parenthood into their stores. Actually, I was going to mention that. <laughs> I am so glad that you guys have that Planned Parenthood booth. I think that that's... That's awesome. Well, just to be clear, we have 10 spaces every week for qualifying nonprofits. You have to be a 501c3. Um, and I personally support Planned Parenthood, uh, but we don't discriminate against issues. Um, right. So you there's a variety of yes, nonprofits are. that are there, and Planned Parenthood is one of them. And uh, Their buttons I are freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. We I have to I, walk my political lines. I, um, yeah, you're right, you're right. I I stopped by their booth. I picked up their cards. I picked up some buttons. I brought them back to my girls, and I was like, "I know you guys like 
you know, you're not pediatrician age anymore and you haven't really picked out a doctor or anything yet. So here's some stuff figured out and they made their appointments and they went. And here's some stuff it's a, figured it's out. It's a good Quality place to start Shut having. Up. It's I sent them to the professionals. <laughs> it's a good place to start a conversation about women's health care. Yeah. Is. Yeah. yeah, my favorite my favorite story about the Planned Parenthood booth is we're walking by, a little girl was oh. looking at the buttons that they always have all the buttons, <laughs> and there's a button that says I heart orgasms, and she goes, Daddy, I want this button. I have that like, in my car, and he goes, I think we should choose a different button. <laughs> she was like, Let's four. pump the brakes on that. She was like four. She just, you know, there's a cute heart, and she wanted the heart button, yeah. and. <laughs> That was awesome. It had been my child, they would have had the button. I'm just saying. We 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 offer a venue for nonprofits from all around the state and the community to come and share their message. It's really cheap. Um, we do it as a community yeah, benefit. A, I think it's a, I think it's fantastic, and there are lots of them that that show up. I I have a challenge for everyone. I try to do this myself uh, when I go to the market. Is whatever time of year it is. So one of the things that that we take for granted now in the the days of like mass market produce and being able to get, you know, and being able to get a pomegranate in July, you have no damn business getting a pomegranate in July, but we're able to do that or, or an an apple in, in, you know, freaking what, like. July. <laughs> They're not <laughs> really in season yet. Apples, like early spring. Apples go late July, and we had them all the way until the end of definitely February. I think the second week of March. Yeah, because they, the last week they for go apples, through, they they go cold through the winter. Yeah, they yeah, cold, they cold store, store well. But like when you're picking up an apple in like May from the grocery store, it looks delicious. That sucker came from Chile. Or, I mean, the cold storage techniques are so fantastic now that it probably came from Washington. Yeah, it could, it could uh, be. Your blueberries came from Chile. There you go. Your raspberries she's, came from she's Argentina. Better with examples, babe. Yeah, your she blueberries came from Chile. Your raspberries came from Argentina. My my, um, my point is, we can make whatever we want whenever we want now. Right. But when you go to the market, I, I really challenge you to find stuff there and make a meal out of what you find there or, or make a couple meals that week out of just what you find at the market. Our job is to teach people about seasonal eating, which used to be how you ate what you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You either ate what was growing or you ate what you had put up um, the year before. And so our job is to teach people about seasonal eating um, teach people about what is, what seasonality is, what grows here, when it grows here, um, there are people blurring the lines now. We do have a vendor who has a greenhouse with uh, orange grove in it. Um, really? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> He'll have donut peaches on the first, I think, the first week of the market. Holy crap. Yeah, because he's greenhousing them. And it's fine. If you can do that, if you can make that kind of investment and that's pump a bunch of... That's a well, big greenhouse it's, to put It's also kind of, it's kind of stupid, right? Because you're pumping a bunch of greenhouse gases. You're pumping a bunch of fuel into a greenhouse to grow a fruit that's not supposed to grow here. At that time, you should have a donut peach in August when the donut peaches come in. (laughs) But he's also an aggressive marketer. And so he's like, what can I do to get ahead of everybody else? And if he can justify the investment in that, then, you know, who am I to say no? If he can grow it and he can prove he's growing it and God knows I made him prove it several times. Um, then, then go ahead and you do you and, and we'll support you in that. That's not sustainable over the long term. We can't build. Um, you know, everybody can't build a greenhouse to grow oranges here. So I think it's great. Have your oranges. It's okay. Don't feel guilty about it. The caracaras right now are really yummy. But, you know, also have your focus on seasonal and local if you can, because it's better for you. 
It's better for your community. It definitely is. It's better for your farmers. Especially honey. Like, if you get your honey from a grocery store out of a bear, you're dumb. Just go get it local. It's <laughs> I, more expensive. It's way better. And it's actually better for you. Unless it's Miller's honey in the bear, which yeah. is local. That's that true. is a co-op. That is a, that is that, a local That's the kind thing. we buy if we get it at the grocery store. Yeah. Otherwise, we just get it from I just get it from Yeah, Jeremy. you just get the quart jar from Julie Clifford. It's no, fine. we get it from Jeremy because he has bees. bees. Oh, geez. That's hyper local. <laughs> that's, 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 that's some street credit. We right actually there. went over to his house today because his, his bees died last year. And uh, no, when was it? Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Two and watched him yeah. dump the new bees into the hive. Oh, that's exciting. It's a weird sprinkle. <laughs> it's um, very cool. And it's very. Um, the colony collapse disorder is a huge thing, yeah. and so the more people with bees in their backyard, the better. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really I got I can get real nerdy about this shit. There's a lot of <laughs> people. Um, there's a guy specifically in Utah that's doing um, colony collapse disorder research and mite research, mm-hmm. and so he has created this specific strain of mite that goes. It's really crazy. Like it goes in and kills the parasite that's killing the bee, <gasps> but it doesn't kill the bee. That's cool. I'm just saying. That's really that's awesome. Really yeah, cool. there's that's really so awesome. yeah. That's a, a weird discussion. Has he done any studies into uh, preventing wasp attacks? <laughs> I, he's doing all kinds of studies. There's a lot of really good research coming out. There's a lot of really good people working on colony collapse and and because I mean you really if you don't have bees you don't have food. So like yeah. just you got, people oh, okay. gotta just understand that. Like I know that that seems scary, but it's just true. It's true. I was gonna say with seasonal eating. Just pointed this out earlier, and I think it's a. I think it's worthy to give it some some more time. You guys do a fantastic job. If you ever go to the 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 Salt Lake Farmers Market website, you do a fantastic job of indicating here's what's fresh, here's what to expect at the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't come si- here expecting other shit. You can sign up for our newsletter at slcfarmersmarket.org, and our newsletter every week we put in what vendors are going to be there as a one-off, what's fresh, what's coming on. Um, and so it's a really great way. Like, are there tomatoes yet? No, probably not. And you're going to know it when you get the newsletter. It's not going to be in there and you're going to know. So definitely sign up for the newsletter. It's a really great way to just know what's coming into season and know what special events we have going on and know what vendors are, might be, sh- you know, making a special appearance. Like we have one guy named Cactus Steve. He comes once a year. He grows really cool cactuses and he sells them all like on their guns. Lance. Yeah, he does the pumpkins and the trees and yeah, the yeah, yeah, times, yeah. Lance so. isn't there. Yeah, so that's exactly right. Yeah, so it's a great way. SLCFarmersMarket.org. Sign up for the newsletter. Um, but yeah, we do try to be um, really communicative about what's going on, so people aren't disappointed when they come. Um, it's going to be an interesting spring because it's so wet and it's so cold. And I and I have no idea what I know. The lettuce is going to be raging, and the kale is going to be raging, and all the microgreens and mustard greens. Apricots are going to be early this year. Yes. Um, pluots are going to be early this yes. year. Yeah. So I love my stone peas, fruit. The peas yeah. should be really good this year too. Yeah. Peas are going to be amazing. Cool yeah. Yep. I can't weather. wait until the asparagus With this- comes because my daughter has recently developed this love for asparagus, which I don't like, but she loves it. And she's just had grocery my store sp- asparagus. My asparagus mm. is on like full. So, yeah. And when you, yeah. as soon as you bring, we me don't bundle. have that hair. So yeah. The, what, what are you the, telling the, me that for? That's useless will, to me. <laughs> there will be asparagus for the first 
Like it's right at the end of asparagus season. Yeah, so it's, it's a real days. early spring. But yeah. Well, we're going opening date. So I'm going to get her some asparagus so she can actually taste like the good stuff. fresh asparagus. Or you could have your yeah. friend cut us a bunch. and some <laughs> Well, it sounds like he's just not willing to oh, no, share. Eat, I'm sure they eat the we shit. We just eat it. Yeah. I have an asparagus plant that has been growing in my yard for three years. It takes so long yeah. for asparagus. Years before you can even. I don't even eat it now. I just look at it. I have one stock. I'm like, oh, that's so, so, so good. I think we're on our bacon and. I yeah. think we're on our fifth year, and we're finally to where we're yeah. actually enjoying In your it. litter box? In our litter box. Yeah, the the, the planter like box. box is just an above-ground wood box. Cats are going to cat, man. When I was a little kid in first grade, I had a swing set in a, in a sandbox, and the first year that we went out there... My mom said that there was like wild asparagus and she's like, don't eat that. We don't. That's <laughs> a little bit. Dangerous. But apparently it was just growing in my in my swing set. There's box. wild asparagus. I, I mean, I spent a lot of my childhood in like Payson and Salem and they used to call it ditch grass. Mm-hmm. So you could get you could go pick ditch grass anywhere out there yeah. on the canal systems and stuff. Um, it's a little bit more rare in the Salt Lake Valley, but up in those areas you can. Yeah, still this find was just it. out here on the west side, just in it's West like, Valley. It's like yeah. rhubarb. It's just a weed that people figured out you could eat. I love like rhubarb. a dandelion. No, there will be rhubarb at the market. Rhubarb is opening disgusting. day. It's oh, come almost on. over already. You, you mix it with strawberries. It's fine. I can't eat strawberries. Ha- that's oh. just, I've never met anyone that's like, yeah, rhubarb's great. Stock sweet. And doesn't like stock. we mix it with strawberries. Okay, why don't you just have a strawberry pie then? Like, <laughs> because the strawberry pie is like a kiss from a whore. The- you do. <laughs> it's like you've mixed the rhubarb with the strawberry. And it adds the tart. The yes, the rhubarb brings the texture. It brings the tart. It, it brings the slap in your face. It's true. We used to just eat them out of stocks in my grandpa's yeah. backyard. A kiss from a whore. Sorry, that was too far. That was a long. Oh, it was not too far. <laughs> that might be. That might be. That will probably be this episode. That's name. a really long title, but it will be in the you show notes. Just, a kiss from a whore is not too long. No, no, but that's no. that's different. A, a strawberry pie is like a kiss from a whore. I think, it has a much better impact. I th- well, I think it's um, very. I think the the mix of rhubarb and strawberry r- removes that cloying "you must love me" quality from the strawberry. Yeah, it's like ah, I don't know if I really want another piece of this pie. Right. Well, Chris doesn't like strawberries, and I'm allergic to them, so this is a non-strawberry. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll leave it there. Raspberries That's are right. stupid. Raspberries. Blackberries they suck. They're only good for alcohol. <gasps> blackberries are delicious. <laughs> I have a I have a half acre of uh, blackberries in my yard, so or oh, quarter, I, quarter acre. Oh my god, I love blackberries. They're so they're uh, they you just. When they're perfect, they're perfect, and they're still stuck in your teeth. <laughs> That's okay. It's Everything gets stuck it. in my I teeth. I will say this. I was eating mango on the way home, and it was stuck in my like teeth. Like whole That's fruit true. raspberries, I'm, I'm great with. The seeds just, they go down with the raspberry. But like raspberry jams and preserves, I have to get without seeds. You yeah. have to Why? Yeah. It's weird. I, I have my friend, you guys may have heard of um, punk rock farmer Aldine Strickland. He's awesome. Yeah. And so he is really great. He loves to make his own small batch liquors. And so he'll come mm. and pick my blackberries and then make a blackberry liqueur and oh. cask it and then bring me a bottle and like that's the best blackberry awesome. delivery system as far as I can He doesn't tell. actually do that folks. That doesn't happen. He does. Does, he he add- ha- does he have a license? No, I mean he doesn't sell it. Yeah. He just gives it to friends. Yeah, you can give it away. You no, he's not actually distilling stuff. though, right? No. Okay. Mm, no. Uh-uh. That's, no, that would be illegal. You're right. Yeah, that's what I was that was thinking, so. Uh no. No, no. <laughs> He would never do that. Well, no, you can make liqueurs without <laughs> distilling. So. Yeah, he's not distilling. He's actually just, you know, you just buy the. Ethanol. So any any tips for people 
coming to the market or coming from number the market back. again? Number one. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to get to that one second. I have so many. Number one tip. Park at the gateway. We validate you for free. You can park there for free. Oh, she was validating our dog earlier. I know. I'm validating all of you. It, the, <laughs> it's a great partnership we have. There's a ton of parking. People love to complain about the parking. It's a half a block. I mean, it's a really it's short so walk. Far. Please park there. It's super easy. It's free. Um, and then if you want to, you can go pick up your car and you can come back and leave all your stuff at the Veggie Valet and we will Veggie Valet that for you. You don't even have to carry all your crap to your car if you don't want to. Leave it at the Veggie Valet. Drive your car up. We load your car and you're off. It's totally free. It's amazing. Um, number two, bike valet. We have a free bike valet. If you want to ride your bike to the market, park it on the corner on the... Uh, Southeast. No, southeast. Southeast corner, and it's totally like free. No. <laughs> um, you can leave your bike there. Um, if you have a basket on your bike, all the better, because it's going to be easier for you to get your stuff uh, to go. And another amazing tip, bring your bags. Bring your grocery bring bags. Bring your grocery bags, grocery because we do not allow single-use plastic grocery bags. And here's the hot tip for the season. We will not be giving you bags for free. So we do have amazing sponsors that help us uh, forward further this program down the road. They are Select Health and Intermountain Healthcare, um, but it will cost you a dollar if you want a reusable bag. Now they're really cool bags. They're probably better yeah, than like we've done. Like the meshy ones? Are they the ones that are meshy? No, on these are side? these are new. They're actually a jute bag with a um, plastic liner. Oh, they're big. Nice. They'll carry a lot of stuff. But it is going to cost you a dollar if you want That's one. That's really so not a bad price for. We a might good need bag. to just get one just to have one. Well, you'll want to get one because it's going to have our cool logo on it, and it's new this year. And you'll want to get one. And this logo this year is freaking awesome. Thank you. Um, I love this. We, our farmers will be making the revenue off those bags. We will not be making any revenue. So, um, so please bring your bags and or be prepared to pay a dollar for well, the, for the privilege of having forgotten one. A lot of a lot of cities are trying to ban plastic bags. I really right think now. they should. There are some Harmons is actually talking about stopping using plastic bags. It already costs you five cents at Rancho. Mm-hmm. Rancho Market costs you five cents for a bag. And what is that? Why it costs you money and you because you, you have to buy a reusable bag. That's right. They don't allow any and, and plastic. We, what we're trying to do is not burden people. What we're trying to do is change behaviors. And you all have forty thousand bags in the back of your car. And until you are forced to pay for the privilege of remembering to grab them, behaviors aren't going to change. And that's really what we're trying to do is change behaviors. There's a couple different festivals in town this year that are banning plastic, plastic beverage bottles. bottles. And we were like, oh, so three years ago. So three years ago. Yeah, that's right. And we're like, well, they're so groundbreaking. Like we did that and it was a blip on the radar. And when you convince people to change behavior, that's where you really have an impact. And so... That's what we're doing. And I know it's going to bug some people and we are truly sorry about that. But we also have our be- beautiful, amazing downtown farmer's market tote bag for sale for $10. Or you can buy a reusable for a dollar. And, and that probably, this are, these are kind of big and hefty and they'll probably carry let, most of your let stuff. Let me tell you what you cannot do that Allison won't say herself, but I'm going to say for the farmer's market. Don't bring a big fucking wagon for your one kid and drag <laughs> that shit around the farmer's market. And don't bring your giant ass stroller with one kid that's made for four. That's walking. Well, yeah, but the People use those strollers to carry their crap. No. We also don't know Listen, if the we child have a per- has a disability. We have a perennial war against the dog owners and the stroller people. Okay. Uh, Never the twain shall meet. 
It's fine. What's worse is when the big giant stroller has two giant ass dogs they're not paying attention to. Well, you know, Disneyland is trying to ban double light strollers. I think it's done. There's nothing wrong with an umbrella stroller. No, they're they're compact. They're easy. They're super easy. And if your kid wants to walk and you just fold it up, it just hangs on your arm. And you can do the front to back strollers, too. Those are really convenient. Um, I mean, we're, we're never going to win any friends by discriminating against people with large families again. here. And then we're never going to win any friends by telling people to leave their dogs home. Uh, so again. we just say everybody come and try to be respectful. And if you have a problem. And the Utah podcast I'm, will yell at you. If I'm, you saying do it, I'm saying it for me. <laughs> I'm not speaking for the market. Uh, I'm not a market employee. I'm just a supporter. Uh, but I look. I don't even mind if you have a big stroller if you pay attention, but it's difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think people are sort of there. T- they tend to be in their bubbles, and you want to and you, you want to yeah. engage the vendor, and you forget that you have two kids in a stroller pointed the opposite way, blocking an entire walkway. Like mm-hmm. there are challenges. We do ask everyone that comes. You know, it is a large event. There are a lot of people. Please try to be respectful of the people around you and pay attention to what's going on. And if and you hate people, just go to 8 o'clock in the morning. Get your shot out. I don't mind yeah. if I get hit in, in the face with like the greenery from even, your bag because it smells really good. Even if you don't hate people, <laughs> if you go early, you get what you want. And it's not hot. And Allison's a, Allison's a ball buster. If they're yeah. not there at 8 o'clock, she's on top of them. That's true. That's so. also true. Uh, and also, you know, not to um, take attention away from our market, there are a lot of small markets in other towns. Mm-hmm. And we absolutely advocate for every market in this state. We advocate for every community having their own market that reflects Eagle them. Is starting their their first one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Eagle Mountain. You've got Bountiful. You've got Liberty Park Market. You've got Sugar Houses coming back in a more limited capacity There's this year. Wheeler is You've got there. Wheeler. You've got, you know, Murray Park Market. Um, South so, Jordan's got a little mm-hmm. one. There's a market for you wherever you are if you don't want to come to the Big Bad Downtown Farmers Market. Now, you should we are the, for sure the best. And so that's just a fact. Sorry, guys. I love you all. <laughs> we have we I mean we're the biggest and we have the most diverse product selection and we probably have the most diverse produce selection and so it is maybe you don't go every week maybe you hit your own market a few times you know and throughout the season and you come to us two or three times a year and that's totally fine with us come discover something that you love about the downtown farmers market have the downtown experience maybe go get brunch maybe go to the waffle. Yeah, or or pick up a waffle or whatever it is. We want everyone to share in that community experience, you know, no matter where they're from. And if you don't come every week, that's okay. I mean, it's not for everybody. I wanted I wanted to to say this before you left. Um, so oh my God, are you kicking me out? No, I thought I lived here now. You can stay as you long can. as you want. Um, my my daughter's not coming home for the summer, so you can, you can <laughs> sleep in her got room. Got a bedroom up there for you. <laughs> um, so so we are we're, we're going. We've got the pleasure of going on a cruise, and we're going to go to Seattle for a couple of days ahead of that cruise. Yeah, and I. I've never our been. Market, oh, it's fantastic. Our market rates really high in the country, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and We're the largest market in the Intermountain West. And, and, you know, I've been to some other markets in some other places that, that really aren't comparable. I've never been to a market like Pike's Market. And, okay. And so we're going to go to Pike's Market on a Saturday morning. Don't go on Saturday. Pro tips. That's we have the, to go on Saturday. Okay, fine. Go on Saturday. It's going to be great. We're only going to, we have to, we have to, <laughs> we're well, flying I, in Friday afternoon and then we're wanna, leaving on the cruise Sunday morning. So we have to go. But I'm, okay, I, then go. I, I want to make that comparison because I know Pike's Market is, is a, a year round open public market. Um, but I kind of want to make that comparison because it is one of the, I mean, it's one of the premier markets in the country. It is. Um, I mean, I've been going to Pike's since before Cobain died. 
So it's been a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, I had some good friends. I mean, there was a point in Salt Lake City where everybody moved to Seattle. And so then I would just always had a reason to go up there. Pikes is one of the most magical places, I think, in terms of markets in the country. It's historic. Um, their community reaches super deep and wide. They have all kinds of like affordable housing initiatives and homelessness initiatives. I mean, it is tied up in a lot of policy work. Not, it's not just a market. It's, it's, I hope that you have time to really dive in a little bit to the history. So depending on when you're there, you'll have the farmer's market component on the outside, which is the live open air market. And then you'll have all the stalls. And I was just up there in January for the first time in several years. And it's always like heartening and disheartening about how things change and how things stay the same. Um, the structure of that building is just, it's magical to me. It's, just, it's a part of my heart, but there's also all these, uh, there's sort of the new buildings that, that closer to the sound. There's tremendous new breweries. There's tremendous new shops. So take, make sure you have like as much time as possible for you to walk in at the fish stand. And then you're going to go to the right, circle all of that. Then you're going to go to the left and you're going to go downstairs and you're going to see the old Indian lady who still sells the same incense that she's been selling. And there's a really cool comic shop in there you're going to want to see. And there's just um, there's a tea vendor in there that's been there forever. And it's just it's amazing. And, you know, we we don't get to start from that place right now. We have to start from someplace different. But that when you go there, um, hold in your mind like this is what we're building here we will have know, a, to a certain degree we will have a report on comparison of like the premier u.s market and also you should else. go to like if you have time and you it sounds like you maybe you won't but you could go to like finney market some of the neighborhood markets in seattle are really really cool and there's a lot of them and we haven't really done that well here it's just really now kind of getting to that space yeah, every neighborhood should have taken off yeah everybody should have a neighborhood market we're 20 years behind God, I hope so with Seattle because there's some infrastructure. <laughs> but I feel, like, up there. I feel like Rio Grande having the winter market there kind of lends some of that old credence to. That's right. I, I mean, I hadn't ever been in there. I'd, I'd ever only been to the the, the little restaurant or whatever that's off the side, and so that was. That's a really fun part of going to the market for me is yeah. going in there, walking up the stone steps that are worn, you mm -hmm. know, going upstairs, just seeing all of that is, is kind of fun. And it reminds you, even though, you know, nothing in the U.S. is very old, that we have some really old stuff mm -hmm. here. Some Pikes really is cool old. stuff. I feel like I want to say, I want to say it was 1930s that Pike was founded. It was somewhere around yeah, it was, there. It was a while ago. Um, like, you know, Westside Market in Cleveland is more than 100 years old. Eastern Market in Detroit is more than 100 years old. So these places used to exist in every city because they were what took the place of the grocery store, right? It was yeah. like before you had a grocery store, you had a market where everybody would go or the small shopkeepers would go. And, and that was the community gathering place for that city. Um, and they just, uh, most, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them went away. So there's, you know, a couple dozen, a half dozen, maybe more throughout the country. Um, we'll be doing, we'll be recreating that feeling in a historic space at the Rio Grande Depot. That's what we, um, I think that's what that space could be envisioned as. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of like stuff a hundred years of history into something and say like, this was never this, but isn't it cool? And we've been doing a pretty good job. At I think it so you do. Far. Yeah. Cause it feels, I mean, <laughs> it kind of feels like it, even though, you know, it's semi new, it, the building lends some gravitas. So, uh, it does. It's a fantastic building. 
So how do people get a hold of you guys? How do people, I mean, obviously your website, but you know, what are the hours of the market? When are you guys going to open? We have our market kickoff party and fundraiser, which is on May 30th at Squatters. We have food from all of our vendors. We have custom cocktails from Beehive, Van Quartel, Bitters Lab, and Garwoods. And we have Water Pocket Distillery, if you don't know them yet. Oh, okay, we know Alan. Alan. Perfect. Um, so we'll have some custom cocktails from Water Pocket Distillery. We have um, the reboot of the um, bumper crop, Lavender Honey Ale. Uh, good friends at Jason Stock at Squatters is, is rebooting that beer for us this year. So that'll be at the party. And then just amazing food, silent auction. It's a fundraiser. Please buy tickets, slcfarmersmarket.org. You'll see the link to the party. That's May 30th. And then... Um, we lose our minds for the next following week, and then it's June 8th. June 8th. Yeah, June 8th, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., downtown Farmer's Market, 350 West, 300 South, Pioneer Park in Salt Lake City. We run all the way through October 19th. We're going to have a lot of really fun special events. We're going to have yoga at the market, courtesy of Select Health and Intermountain, at least once a month. We'll have our library book sale. We'll have um, the new commissioner, the new Department of Ag commissioner is going to be at the market in August for Farm- National Farmers Market Day. We got a partnership with Utah's Own happening on June 29th, Utah's Own Day, nice. where we combine to celebrate all of our strengths um, and just all kinds of fun stuff throughout the summer. So check our website. It's all up there. And is all that stuff on your newsletter? Yeah, that? everything that's, that's awesome. happening that week goes into we the newsletter. We need to sign up for that. Yeah, you should for sure. SLCFarmersMarket.org. Catch us on the Facebooks and the socials and the tweet, tweet storms and the Insta stuff. Insta things. Yeah. <laughs> Instant things. We're on those places. But too. she doesn't snap because that's just weird. I don't, I don't have the patience to snap. That's how I communicate with my 18 slash 19 year old daughter. She, if I snap to her, I get an instant response. If I text her, it could be days. My nine year old would do the same thing, but she doesn't have a phone yet. Yeah. Don't <laughs> keep it that way. Until yeah. She gets to high school. Yeah. Uh, if she can manage, um, well, Why thanks for joining us. Cause I'm, <laughs> it's rude. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Allison. It's been, uh, thank been you fun. for having me. It's always a pleasure. Well, I'm really, really glad that we got to talk to Allison today because um, Jeff sent us off on a wild tangent earlier. Don't worry. We'll do drugs I'm pretty sure she didn't. I'm pretty sure we all interrupted her and sent her ourselves I didn't interrupt her because she was on a soapbox. I let her go for a while. She's still probably fuming about it. I don't blame her. If it's lasted like all day, was this this morning or was it yesterday, Jess? No, she said when she woke up this morning, she looked at her feed. So it is... Just so you guys know, we record on uh, in the evening, so she's probably been up for a good twelve hours at least, maybe longer. Uh, and she's still like, like you can see it in her eyes; she's still really mad about it. So, uh, thanks for ranting. You don't do that enough, Jess. I need you to. I need you to be bitchier on the mic. <laughs> it really spurred some good no, conversation. Then people snap at me. So what? who snaps at you? I don't snap at you. It's all good. You know, you just stop talking now. um but that is gonna do it for the show uh it's been uh it's a good show i guess it's it's our three-year anniversary congratulations guys i'm actually really happy that we had allison on for a three-year anniversary gift next week is it going to be a crystal ball gag (laughs) no it's cooler (laughs) butt plug I think it's cooler. No. Crystal dildo with a leather strap? What kind of money do you think I have? (laughs) (laughs) Those things are expensive. (laughs) Is the crystal that you bring me going to have healing properties? No. (laughs) Like a leather choker. It could be a leather choker with a healing crystal in the center. (laughs) 
like the nineties. I would I would fucking wear that dress just to, just so you know. Just so you know, then I would get you one, so you would have to wear it. But nobody would be able to see it, it because your beard would cover it. I would wear it. That's just like everybody in high school, <laughs> basically. Like she said, in the nineties. In the fucking nineties. <laughs> Oh man, if you like what you hear, share it. If you didn't like what you hear, fucking share it anyway, you assholes. It helps. You share fucking stories that aren't even real. You share stories about people who were found fucking 12 months ago. Share our shit. Or died seven years ago. Seriously, don't even fucking listen to us. Just click share. When Jess posts the episode recap later, just fucking click share. It's fine. And I will call you out if you're posting stupid stuff. Yeah, fuck you. I'm not jerk friend. But do follow us on Twitter and, and Instagrams at TNU Podcast and on Facebook at the New Utah Podcast. And when you post stupid shit, we won't repost it. But if you post good stuff, we'll <laughs> repost we'll that. stupid stuff. It's okay. Not if it's fake shit. Not if it's fake, though. And if but the kid was fucking okay. found, we might repost it and be like, look at what this dumb motherfucker posted. <laughs> the kid was found in fucking March, you dipshit. You're going to have to post that because I don't have episode. it in me. Listen to our episode. <laughs> Seriously. Share our stuff. You share every other dumbass thing you come across. We can't be that much different. Um, we can't be any worse. It's like, I'm, it's like three years in. I'm still fucking begging people to share our shit because it really is the most helpful thing. Three years and we have not taken a dime from listeners. Um, uh, maybe at some point we will. I don't know. Fuck. We've taken stickers, though. Patreon is if like If you a, want to Venmo me money, sweet PGS with the letter P. <laughs> And we can get some cool new equipment. That's true. That? that is that. I would like to get some new. Sweet the letter P some, some dress. Sweet badass. We could hang the mics. We could get new mics and like hang them from the ceiling. Oh, like the fancy fucking. Kind. Yeah, we could get all fancy. We but if we a, hang them, we can't put the fan down here for you, for you hot blooded oh, people. Oh yeah, that's right. We talked about. I don't know if the fan will be good have with a that stand track. fan. It'll be okay. Well, the fan will be fine. We'll, we'll take, I might even have one in my garage. We're actually talking about moving our but, bedroom. Yeah, because I don't want I don't want my bedroom fan anymore. So, I need we'll to recycle it by putting it. I feel here. like it would hit that backdrop, though. I don't. Think that's what would. I. That's what I was actually. No, thinking. it's not that. We well. have to measure the blades. It's fine. I got it in my head. It's fine. One inch. I'm a big guy. <laughs> Just kidding. Crystal and leather. Yep. See, you got it. You got it. So, uh, thanks, guys. Um, next week, I'll tell you all about the uh, the crystal dildo uh, that <laughs> Jess brings me. I think they're like glass, but that's technically could be. Or the choker. I'm not sure what it'll be. Maybe it'll be beard ornaments, new crystal beard ornaments, which I'm really pissed off. I forgot to wear for the ugly sweater party at work. Brie reminded me once I got home. I was like, God damn it. I totally spaced it that morning. I really do love those beard ornaments. I thought they would not be cool. I love them. They are amazing. Um, And that's it. So, uh, yeah. Be thinking about my crystal dildo. I'm glad that you didn't say oh um yeah. What oh um yeah? Uh, to end it. Well, I I just wanted people to think about my crystal dildo. <laughs> <laughs>